Welcome to Match Day with Chris Warren on SEN. And a very good afternoon. Welcome to NRL Match Day with me, Chris Warren. What a gorgeous day uh, in the Harbour City. I hope you're well, wherever you might be tuning in, uh, and you might be on the app and uh, anywhere in the world. But uh, in Sydney, the sun is shining. Um, water's out there crystal clear, looking over the harbour as I drove in. Um, and what a gorgeous day. Summer is almost here, isn't it? Although still a couple of months away. Well, let me ask you this. Has there been a tougher game of football played this year than last night's sudden death battle of the West? It really was a war of attrition, a game of patience, brutal defence from go to woe. The Penny Panthers, well, they are still alive. Eight points to six over Parramatta in Mackay. Both teams were just out on their feet, weren't they? Um, Just the two tries scored. And both in the seventeen minute first seventeen minutes of play, no tries in over an hour of football. You don't often see that. It really was a gutsy affair. The Eels, they were strong, uh, they were good, um, they kept hanging in, hanging in. But the Panthers had a number of chances go betting, begging, didn't they? Everywhere you looked, though, there were blue and gold defenders. They did not want to lay down. The battle of the number sevens, Nathan Cleary and Mitchell Moses, was always going to be a beauty, and it was. Um, and both tries in the match came from uh, from their kicks, those two halves. Moses with a, a floating bomb that I think Dylan Walk, uh, Edwards is still looking for. Uh, Wunga Blake, he goes in after 10 minutes. And then at the other end, Cleary with a, a little deaf short kick right on the money for Kurt Capewell to score. And they were the last tries that we would see. In the end, the Eels had enough good ball, enough good field position and opportunities to win the game if they were good enough, but they weren't. Too many mistakes proved costly um, in the end, and uh, it's the end of the road, sadly, for them. For Penrith, well, it's a grand final rematch from last year with Melbourne next Saturday afternoon in Brisbane. It's the matchup many of us, yep, putting my hand up as well, thought that would have been um, for the Proven Summons Trophy. But one of last year's grand finalists will now bow out. Manly, well, they put the Roosters out of their misery, didn't they, on Friday? Thumping the Chooks 42 points to six. As good as Manly looked, the Roosters, they really were at the end of the road. And and any way you look at it, it's been, I think, a great season for Trent Robinson's men. Uh, Without a a dozen players or about that in the end through injury and forced retirements, it was billed as the Battle of the Beaches, the Battle of the Birds, and the Battle of the World's two best fullbacks. Tommy Turbo... And James Tedesco. In a nutshell, Tommy trumped Teddy. Another two tries, taking his tally to 27. It's equal with Manly's all-time record, set by the great Phil Blake back in 1983. Tommy has the chance at another slice of history then in Friday's first grand final qualifier against South Sydney. Um, He can go on and score the most tries in one season ever for Manly. He's had five hat-tricks this season. Yeah, five hat-tricks. It really is just phenomenal. It really is. So, 16 teams were reduced to the top eight. The Titans and Knights bowed out in week one. The Roosters and Eels are now also out of action. And the top four after the 25 rounds, Melbourne, Penrith, South Sydney and Manly are still alive and kicking. First up on Friday, South's tackle Manly. Then on Saturday, both games at Suncorp. It's the Panthers v. the Storm. Just three games to go in season 
2021. We're here to chew the fat. Now, listen, uh, it's the first Sunday we've had in, uh, well, all season with no footy being played. How are you feeling? Don't tell me you're getting withdrawals already. But what it does enable you to do is uh, get your backside off the couch, get out and about and do something. I know we've still got all the COVID restrictions in place. They are being slowly relaxed. I'd like you to tell me this, dear listeners, what are you doing? What are you doing with no footy on a Sunday? Let me know your plans, as bizarre as they might be. 0457 736 736. You're doing anything really special? Something you've been putting off all season? Taking the boat out? Taking the kids for a fish? What are you doing? Let me know. Where you are, sun shining, gorgeous day, no footy to watch. Uh, 0457 736 736. Look, talk about anything rugby league as well. Parramatta fans, feel free to get on the line. Um, eight years now or nine years, is it? under Eight years under Brad Arthur. Um, unable to make it through to a prelim final for the last four years or so. Surely you can't be pointing the finger at Brad Arthur, can you? Are expectations too high for, for blue and gold fans? I don't know. I don't know. But inevitably, the post-mortem will begin. And uh, you better believe it. There will be more pressure put on Brad Arthur, even though he's taken the team um, so far this season. But Eels fans, they are they demanding more? Penny Panthers, you've only scored two tries in two finals games. Is that a concern? And both of those tries came from kicks. Your defence is the best in the business, but have the points suddenly dried up? Is that a concern ahead of uh, next weekend's big battle against Melbourne? I'll be talking uh, to former Parramatta captain Timmy Manor a little bit later on this hour. Uh, get his uh, opinion of last night. As I say, they were gutsy. Both teams were gutsy. And Parramatta, they had enough ball to win that match. But too many mistakes proved costly. And uh, we all knew that without a specialist hooker, that was always a risk. But what do you do? They'd run out of other options. So um, we'll talk to Timmy a bit later on about that. We'll talk to the Profits Guru. So um, we'll reflect on the uh, the games that have already been played and get some early markets um, ahead of uh, next weekend's two prelim finals. Brett Kamali will join us, as he always does on a Sunday. Um, keen to see what Noddy's up to today. He's often out and about doing things with his girls. Um, he'll join us for the Kangaroos, the uh, Gallagher Insurance Brokers Kangaroos. See if Noddy's got any other players that have uh, broken their way into that team. Scotty Bailey from AAP will jump on the line a little bit after 1 o'clock. Uh, to talk about all the big issues in the game. Might have a chat to someone from Newcastle too in light of um, the recent settlement with James McManus and um, the concussion uh, won't be going to court. It was due to go to court, I believe, tomorrow, but that has been, um, I believe, settled out of court. Anyway, loads for us to talk about. Um, and Manly, uh, I see that uh, former Penrith player Ryan Girdler has given you boys a bit of a serve. He's calling Manly Sea Eagles, I quote today in the paper, flat track bullies. They've beaten no one. Beating the Roosters the other night um, was the first time they've beaten a top five team, says Ryan Girdler, I believe. Flat track bullies. They've beaten no one. Well, let me know what you think, Manly fans. Uh, I think you've got every reason to be very, very confident. This is NRL Match Day, an invitation to you to join the program. Love you to jump on the open line. There is space there now if you would like to do that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Let's get into it. 
Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. Yeah, let's get down to business. Now, that song, that little tune, I do like that tune. And we, we play it generally on uh, Higher Ground, Monday, Wednesday and Thursdays, actually. We're on Higher Ground. That's the intro music for that. Let's get down to business. And we've had a million and million nights just like this. doesn't really work for a Sunday, but this is, I guess, the, the day or the morning after the, uh, the night before. Um, so here's an open invitation to you. Welcome again to the program. Uh, Chris with you and uh, the Mad Russian is in the house as well. Good afternoon, Mad Russian. Very good to be with you, Chris, on the back of two phenomenal games of semi-final football. Good. For, hasn't it been good, hey? Good for different reasons. Uh, we'll talk all about that. We'll hear from the, the coaches as well. Um, but love you to get involved with the program. Feel free to pick up the phone. We're here for three hours so surely you can find a couple of minutes to spare if you if you want to. That is, I mean, don't let me force you into anything. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Love to know what you're up to. No footy on a Sunday. So, what are your plans this afternoon? I know if you're if you're like me, you're a bit of a creature of habit, routine kind of guy. I am, and um, you sort of do very similar things, don't you? Well, I do anyway. Sort of each each weekend and on a Sunday, look forward to getting out of here and then going home and generally watching that, that four o'clock match um, and then sort of getting things ready for, for dinner, etc. But this afternoon, plans have changed a little bit because I don't have to watch the football or not have to, but no football to watch. Mm. So I'm going to, well, uh, well, we've been in lockdown for a while. I've sent a little text out to a mate mm. thinking we might, um, because we're allowed to have groups of five, aren't we? Outdoor gatherings. That's correct yep mate and his wife and we might go and so i promise the kids i might take them for a little a little fish this afternoon but Perfect i'm thinking day for it yeah kill two birds and a couple of flatties and brim as well but what i'm saying is a little twilight drink beautiful outdoor that's the perfect weather for it and i forgot what my friends look like it's going to be so busy. Been a while. It's going to be so busy outside today. It um, is. No, it is. Yeah. I, there are so many cars out there, Rusky. I'm telling you, there's cars going here, there, and everywhere. I just hope they're staying within their 5K yes. limit. I don't think. Stick Could to the possibly guidelines. Be. Stick to the guidelines. Stay in your 5K. Where are they all going? Or in your LGA. You're allowed to be in your LGA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. Be safe. All right, well, so that's what I'm going to do this afternoon. Um, 0457-736-736 is the the text line. Um, uh, Chris, on the beach at McMaster's, headphones on, listening to you, mate. Rocky, lovely to uh, hear from you, Rocky. In the budgies, well, I don't need to know that, but, hey, I was in my budgies this morning, (laughs) courtesy of Garlow's Pies. Ching, ching, there was a little... Uh, a Garlow's Pies plug there. They're not official sponsors of uh, this program or the station. That's something we should work on, actually. Well, they are sponsors of the station. Well, they're advertisers. You want naming rights, Garlow's well, I th- Pies. I think they need to have a bit more involvement with, with this, with you and me, and higher ground and push, NRL give match Garlo day. a call. Might do that. Yeah. Might do that. I think business is going pretty pretty well. Uh, so I'm wearing the Garlow's budgies. Uh 
And now, what was his story you heard driving to the beach today for your swim? Right, so the I creature I, of habit turning the radio on. Right, so I get out of bed, get up, ten minutes, bang, into the car, go down, and do an ocean swim. I do that every every day, an ocean swim, or if it's no good, I go in the pool. Mm. But it was beautiful. Chris, turn the radio on. I wasn't listening to this station. I was listening to something. I was listening to Kiss FM. I was listening mm. to a bit of music. Bang, straight into the news bulletin. Something about a um, hundred sharks have been tagged and they're putting drones on most of Sydney's beaches. And that's the very first thing I heard as I was um, getting the budgies and the goggles and the cap ready to go out there in the deep, big blue. That put you in a good frame of mind? Oh, I'm mate, sure that didn't worry looks, you at all. It does. I always worry a bit when I'm out there, but mm. have you ne- you've never, never seen, seen one? one? Never, never seen, seen one. one. Never seen one. Seen loads of dolphins. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a seal. Su- I'm actually know. surprised by that because the sharks are, you know, they'll swim quite close to the beach. There's nets out there, but those oh, nets are How well are they oh, maintained? Mate, that's like taking a, oh, I don't know, a, a pop gun to a proper gunfight, putting those nets out there. The like they're, they're about like a, a couple of metres below the, the surface. Mm. But the sharks aren't interested in swimmers so much because you, you guys look like people. Oh, yeah, but still. once they've got to get a taste of you before they realise they don't like the blood. But it's the... Have you seen the comparisons with the, the surfers are the ones they really go after? Because they've got the board under them, right? So they, they look more like seal. seals. I know. With well, that's know, why sort of the arms That's why I won't wear the wetsuit the when end. I do the ocean swim. You reckon that... Was black it out? Yeah, but you I still... look more like a seal in my black wetsuit than I do in just my Garlow's budgies, which are bright orange. Oh, that'll give them a nice. I do get some strange looks at the beach too. Look, and the only reason I wear budgies is because I swim, right? I'm not going to wear them around the beach, up and down, walking around like Hasselhoff, right? Bit of Baywatch. I have been told there's a couple of similarities. I I don't do that, right? I put the boardies mm. on, but when I'm swimming, I've got the budgies on. Mm. And they are these bright, ghastly orange and yellow Garlow's Pies budgies. But they fit really well. Mm. Just well, the main snug, right? They, they, well, they just fit. You know, some but, you know, Speedos and that, they're saggy and you've got the old, you know. <laughs> these fit quite well. That's so good. that's why I wear the uh, I hope Rockies the fit well. Rocky Bold. Well, I'm sure they do. Get involved with the show. We're not here to talk about budgies. Um, but, yeah, so that's the first thing I heard was um, – Plenty of shark drones out there. A um, hundred sharks have been tagged on Sydney's beaches. Beautiful. Thank you. Just going for an ocean swim. That's what I'm doing. And this afternoon, I might throw a little line in. So that's what we... Uh, oh, can I tell you one more thing? Yep. So talking about throwing a line in. So yesterday, I promised my young fella, he's eight, and he loves his fishing. I said, well, what? we'll go down and throw a line in off, off the beach. Right? So I went and bought the um, couple of live worms. Bang. Rigged the lines up. We're down at the beach. Rigged his lineup, rigged my lineup, ready to go. We're about to walk onto the sand. My phone rings. It's my other boy who's 12. He sent me, uh, Dad, a text uh, of uh, cut myself. Right? So now he sends me um, a picture. His shin must be a his shin's gashed nightmare. open. <laughs> his shin is gashed open, right? He went and he fell on his, his, his bike, mountain bike, the uh, pedal. It's oh. scraped. It's scraped through his shin bone. So it's not, oh, it is a little a bit deep. deep cut. One of them is a bit deep. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, God. Oh, well, I was quite keen to fish. Mm. Ready to go. Went to the, I've got all the bait. I'm ready to go. I can see the little channel. We, we're off. 
And I'm thinking, oh, does that need stitches? No, he'll be right, you know. I thought, well, deal with it when we get home. And then my young bloke said, no, nah, Dad, we better go. We better go and take him He's to the a hospital. He's good fella, isn't he, Bobby? Yeah. So my eight-year-old saw, saw, saw the sense. Yep. So we went and took him to hospital, and um, they basically said, do you want to stitch it or not? I, don't, I think we can probably leave it. And my young fella said, I do not want to get stitches, no. Dad. So anyway, they dressed it all up, and he, uh, he can't surf now for five days, can't get it wet. Yeah, so uh, Sunday is the day. No footy. What are your plans? Um, I've told you my plans. I've told you what I've done. I've told you uh, more than you probably want to know. I'd like to know what you're doing. one three hundred o one eleven seventy is the open line number, uh, or you can get involved via text o four five seven seven three six seven three six. We're going to take a break shortly. We're going to hear from Brad Arthur. What are your thoughts, Parramatta fans, last night? It's all over again. Sadly for you, eight years in charge. And again, we are, well, not we, you, your team have failed to make it through to a prelim. Um, and there will be more fingers pointed at Brad Arthur, rightly or wrongly so. What are your thoughts on that? And I uh, will hear from him shortly, but um, I'll give you a little tip. He's not happy about a few things last night. Did you notice last night too, uh, Parramatta fans particularly, that there are a few stoppages in the game? And they always seemed to be when Parramatta were getting the upper hand or gaining momentum. And suddenly the games were stopped. This has um, happened a few times when Penrith have been playing, haven't it? hasn't it? I recall earlier in the season, I don't know if it was against Parramatta, but there was a Viliami Kikau incident, trainer stop play. Mm. Another incident last night, trainer stop play. Uh, now, I'm not saying the play that went off wasn't injured. He was, clearly, but... I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, Brad is saying that uh, Parramatta got what they wanted after all the whinging they've been doing uh, through the week. Uh, Penrith, rather. Penrith got what they wanted after all the whinging about um, referees and, and the drama we saw with Wayne Bennett uh, and Ivan Cleary approaching the NRL. So Brad's not a happy man. We'll hear from Brad Arthur next. And great to have your company as well. Hope you are well and enjoying this gorgeous uh, day in Sydney town. Let me know where you are, what you're doing. 0457 736 736 is the, uh, the text line. I'm just watching um, on uh, Fox League up there, a throwback game uh, from way back when Manly and Parra. I'm just trying to work out exactly which game it is. It's at the SCG, so I'm thinking 82 or 83 grand final. Not Quite sure, but I'll, I'd love to know. I just saw a, mass, a blatant swinging arm there, and uh, is that? I think it's Phil Blake now going straight down the, the middle of the park. You should see the um, the size of the numbers on the back of these jerseys. My goodness, they occupy the whole shirt. You can't That's miss terrific. it. Absolutely, I mean a commentator's uh, dream to have uh, such highly visible numbers uh, way back then. Manly and Para. Well, Manly and Para. Um, can no longer play in the grand final this year. Not that it was ever too likely, but it was possible. Um, Parramatta, after last night, they are no longer. Eight points to six, um, beaten by Penrith. Gutsy performance. Looking at social media, there's um, a fair bit of uh, fallout too uh, in terms of well, a number of people suggesting Parramatta were robbed. Don't know so much about being robbed. They they still had enough opportunities to win that match, Parramatta, but uh, there were a couple of decisions I I found um, a little bit questionable late in the game. Um, there was a restart, Parramatta right on the on the attack, and I thought they should have got the ball back. There was a um, a knock on from dummy half, um, 
from Ray Stone. I thought that went backwards and it was um, deemed to knock on. They couldn't have a look at it with the uh, the bunker or anything like that. Look, in the end, I, I think um, no hooker really proved costly for Para 2, didn't it? A lot of mistakes and um, poor old Ray Stone, a makeshift number nine. He, he did his best. Um, great in defence, but yeah, not as slick as, as, as most specialist um, dummy halves, as you'd expect. Um, but Penny Panthers, uh, they go on and they play Melbourne next week. So let's hear from Brad Arthur, shall we? Because um, I know he wasn't happy. He was proud of his, his, his boys for what they put in. No question. They were right up for that match. They couldn't have done much more. Just a few um, a few opportunities went begging when they, they made, made those errors. But what Brad is talking about... Um, Penrith coach Ivan Cleary and uh, all that we know has gone on over the past week or two. Um, his verbal stoush with uh, Wayne Bennett uh, approaching the referees um, and the things that uh, Ivan has also had to say. Well, Brad basically said that uh, Ivan Cleary, well, or Penrith got what they wanted after all their whinging. Well, there's been a bit of complaining over the last... There's not a lot we can do about it now. A few calls at the end. The Mitch Kenny stoppage there to when you had that momentum, did you think that was fair? Well, there's been a bit of complaining over the last couple of weeks and they got what they they got what they des- well, what they were after from the back of the whinging. What do you mean by that? Did you, think, did you think it was handled by the trainers as right? Because they sort of came in and they made sure they were in the play and like they were in the, the defensive lines. Basically. Trying to make the game faster. How many stoppages was there tonight? How many when we were starting to get on top? There was a lot. Bunker gets involved. With 7-2 penalty count. Bunker gets involved for what reasons? But then we kick down, we make a, the line break out of the backfield. We get down there. Will, Will Penasini gets tackled off the ball. Mitchell Moses running down there to, to chase and gets tackled in the background off the ball. Do you think that Ivan's comments throughout the week in the lead-up to this game and the lead-up to the Bunnies game had an impact on what happened tonight? Oh, it might have helped them tonight. Yeah, it might have helped them tonight. So um, a few things not going Parramatta's way. 7-2 uh, the penalty count. I wasn't aware of that, actually. I, you know, I watched the match really closely, or as closely as you can when you've got a couple of kids wrestling you on the lounge, but I was watching it. Um, and I think Penrith did get the rub of the green, probably, but even that said, even that said, they uh, weren't good enough, Parramatta. They weren't good enough to ice the game. Uh, question two on Penrith. I mean, and I, and I touched on it earlier. Has their attack gone off the boil a little bit? Um, two tries in two matches in finals, both of them off the boot of um, of Ivan Cleary. Oh, Nathan Cleary. Wasn't Nathan's um, kicking game just outstanding, though? And that's, uh, and so, too, the bomb from Mitchell Moses that Dylan Edwards is still looking for. And then there was one from um, Nathan Cleary that I think um, um, Parramatta is still, still looking yeah. for. Uh, un- un- unable to take it. Yeah. Unable to take it. Just those swirling, swirling bombs. And... So, so effective. Mm. So effective. I don't know if um, Ivan responded to... He has. Let, let's hear from Ivan Cleary now. Ivan, Brad was in here just before saying that potentially your comments throughout the last sort of two weeks had an impact on what happens today. I guess in stoppages in terms of match officials, some calls made against the Eels. I guess what's your response to that? 
Um, I don't understand. He was sort of saying what, that... What, what, what did I say? He basically said that you guys got what you want, wanted at the end of the day in making those comments. I don't understand that. I made a comment uh, what I believe in last week. Yeah, I don't know how that helped anyone. I didn't talk to anyone this week. Yeah, so um, there's Ivan. No, not, not fueling the fire. Parramatta go out. Brad Arthur not happy, happy with his team's performance. Um, looking at the coach's box at full time, I don't know if you saw that watching it last night. Boy, oh boy, they were happy. They knew Parramatta were going to come and get them. They really did. They knew they were going to be in for a, a really difficult night in Mackay, and, uh, and they certainly were. So, Parra, um, yeah, look, I know you haven't made the prelims, but you can hold your head heads held high. Um, you've given it everything everything you had. Um what more do they need, Parramatta, in terms of key positions? What more do they need? And I'm talking to you, Parramatta fans. One position, what what could you have? What do you need? Obviously, no Mike Acevo, but mm. w- what would you like? What would your dream be? If you could bring in a one key player somewhere, where would it be? Um, Gutho was brilliant. I thought he was really good. Um, Mitchell Moses was great. I thought Regan Campbell-Gillard was enormous in the second half. Junior Paulo, what a motor he has got. Um, but in the end, uh, Penrith uh, Penrith go through and they will play Melbourne next weekend. We're going to hear from uh, former Parramatta captain Timmy Manor next. Yes, indeed. So the uh, the season's all over for poor old Parramatta. Um, I, I, I can feel you. I can feel your pain, Parra fans. And, and probably you may feel that... Um, well, not robbed, but a few things went against you last night, in, including that lopsided penalty count. Eight points to six. Penrith, uh, too good in the end. Just two tries scored, and both of those tries were scored in the opening 17 or 18 minutes or so. Uh, and both of them came from kicks. First up, we saw that uh, um, that towering bomb from Mitchell Moses that uh, Dylan Edwards is still looking for. Bounced down and perfectly into the arms of Wanga Blake to go over and score after 10 minutes. And then uh, fast forward about another six or seven minutes and Nathan Cleary, um, a little a little dribble-type grubber kick um, straight on into the arms of Kurt Catewell. He went in to, to score as well. Um, so that's all she wrote. That's the end of the road for Eels. We heard from Brad Arthur just a, a moment ago and uh, not happy at all. Not happy at all, but very, very happy with, uh, with the effort shown from uh, Parramatta Eels. On the line now, and it's a very good afternoon uh, to former Eels skipper, Timmy Manor. How are you, Tim? Yeah, good afternoon, Wah. It's uh, the end of the road. It was a it was a good journey, and last night was a, was a fantastic effort. But Penrith, too good in the end. Mm. Had opportunities, mate. And, and regardless of the, the, the lopsided penalty count and a couple of other decisions that I thought maybe were wrong and, and in the favour of Penrith, you still had enough opportunities, though, to win that match. Oh yeah, definitely. Even right to you know the final minute, you know we um we tapping our line right to the end, and um, we just just let them let them off the hook a couple of times with some errors that um, you know came back to hurt us. But um, you know it was one of the, I, I think it was the best quarter game I've seen this year. It was just physical, and the whole game was just a high quality encounter. Um, and just, you know what it made me do? It made me appreciate the old way we used to play before the 60 again took over it was a it was just a back and forth good old fashioned bash up and I think mm. uh, it was a great advertisement for the game in terms of we don't have to have the big score lines and the, and the fast paced games they really appreciate the game um, I thought last night was a great uh, example of 
um, what the game was maybe two years ago and what we should go back to. Absolutely. And it was allowed to flow. Uh, there weren't too many of those uh, set restarts, although, uh, if I'm honest, um, I think maybe there could have been a few more awarded to Parramatta. I thought Penrith did well in terms of managing uh, the ruck, if you know what I mean. In terms of front rowers, Timmy, you know all about that. You uh, wore the blue and gold up front for, for so many years. Uh, Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard couldn't have done much more themselves. Yeah, I thought they were both fantastic. You know, they, um, th- th- they were going to be a catalyst for any chance of winning last night, and I thought they did their jobs. Uh, yeah, they're, they're up against Leota and, and Fisher-Harris, which I, you know, I think are one of the best front row combos in the, in the competition. And to not only go toe-to-toe with them, but in, in many ways probably would have won in a points decision. Um, I thought they, they were great. And, um, you know, it's just a shame that, that they couldn't get the rewards for it in the end. Do you expect Coach Brad Arthur to be um, under the spotlight now or do you think uh, what they've done in the back end of the season is enough to keep the, the Wolves at bay for at least another year or so? Um, yeah, I, I think, I think you know, he's got another year on his jaw. I think, you know, he probably hasn't done, you know, I don't think it's that dire straight that, you, you know, you wouldn't have him next year, but... You know, coming into this season, you know, the, the one thing that Parapheres wanted to see was us progress past that week two. You know, it's that, you know, Brad's been there for eight years and we're still unable to go past that week two of the finals. Um, and I know you came across a, a great Penrith team and, um, you know, the effort was valiant. But, uh, you know, he's still got to, he's still got to prove to, you know, the fans and all the stakeholders of the, of the club that he has the ability to get past that week two of the finals because, you know, eight years is a long time at helm to to not get past that result. Mm. Where do they need to prove, uh, improve rather, Timmy, next season, um, in, in your opinion? What sort of key positions and um, do, do they need strengthening? Oh, if I'm being honest, I think it's a premiership winning side. I think the mm. squad there, is, they can win a comp. I don't think they're, they're lacking anywhere on the past. Um, you only have to look at how, how good their, their bench was to understand the depth they have. Like, you know, they had... Ryan Madison, grand final winner. They had Isaiah Papali is probably one of the best signings this year, you know, sitting on the bench. So um, in terms of where they need to improve, I don't think they need to really sign any you know, big marquee players. I think it's just um, finding how to go to that next level in the big games. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll close last night, but at the end of the day, in a few weeks' time, everyone's going to look back and not think about how close you were. They're going to think about the fact that, uh, you know, we didn't get to week three. I've got a text here, uh, Timmy. This is from Rocky. He's at McMaster's Beach. He's in his budgie smugglers. So uh, don't worry. Forget the visual image. Uh, but he says, uh, G'day, Chris. It's me again. Rocky, not a para fan, but Dylan Brown, in my opinion, is average. Needs someone to help Moses out. DCE has four and Cleary has Luai. Munster has Hughes. Um, hurts them more than any other area. I'm interested in knowing what, what Timmy thinks. Um. Well, thanks for the visualisation first of the uh, the budgie smugglers. But um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I thought Dylan was outstanding, especially the first half last night. He took the line on a number of times, and mm. I thought he really stepped up. I, I think you know people forget how young he is as well. Like he's he's got a, he's got a big future in the game. I think he uh, complements that team really well. And I'll tell you what, it's it's funny because you know Para fans might say that about Dylan, but I guarantee if we will let him go, he'd definitely be the one that would. Uh, come back and, and buy us on the backside because he's, he's one of those guys that's going to have a big career. So yeah. I think we'd rather have him you know, under our um, umbrella and have him as part of our squad. I think he's a, he's a great player. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree with you, mate. So um, uh, there you go, Rocky. Um, Timmy Manor um, thinks that uh, Dylan Brown is a, is, is an asset, and I, I tend to agree with him. I've uh, got another one here, Timmy. Um, you've, you've fired up the text line here. Uh, it's from The Reptile. Good afternoon, Reptile 2. Great to have you all <laughs> listening, mate. Um, he says, uh, G'day, Chris. Loving the show. I think Isaiah Yo is what's wrong with Penrith's attack. Um, he's worrying too much about ball playing and not playing his natural game. There are concerns, maybe, Timmy, that Penrith have gone off the boil a little bit in terms of attack. They've only scored two tries in two back-to-back finals games, both from uh, kicks. Um, thoughts on, on that? I mean, Isaiah Yo, he's, he played brilliantly last night, but I, I, he's more of that link man, isn't he? Um, but maybe maybe yeah. defences are sort of working them out a little bit. Oh, I think I think he's still a real key, integral part of their team and the way they attack and the way they play. Um, I think he's someone that's really important for the for the way they they play. Um, you know, I know, and obviously with my like my one eye blue and gold, you know, I was obviously looking at things that could have gone our way last last night in terms of referee decisions. But you know, if you look at it a bit more balanced, you know, you kind of see they created some opportunities. Because I know they they um, didn't deserve the tries, but you look at the one. They scored the scrum where Mitch was taken out. That could have easily been a try. Uh, Momorowski bombed one on the other on the other side of the field. Uh, Luai was one metre offside. Like, and I know Ivan Clear mentioned it in the in the press conference, but there was about three or four tries that left out there. Um, so yeah, I know it's pretty easy to attack their uh, attack their um, ability to score points, but you know if there was a few small tweaks, and you know, they could have potentially scored an extra twenty four or thirty points. Yeah, uh, we've got another text in here too. The Panthers uh, may have won the penalty count. Uh, but Para had a heap more six again restarts. Well, they probably did, and there's no name on on that one. They you know, they probably did. Thanks for your text, whoever you are. Um, but I reckon they deserved them too. I, I as I said, yeah, before, I think I think you're part of Penrith's game plan to be honest. I think they. Yeah. You look at a lot of six again. They they gave away a lot of them early in the, in the penalty count on purpose. Yep. I think like um, there's a bit of tactics there. Oh, I, I just for the life of me, I, I don't I don't appreciate the rules as much as others, I guess. But. Um, you know, if those penalties early on the count were actual penalties and we got a kick into touch, I guarantee you Penrith don't, don't get a good result from them and they don't do them on purpose. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I much preferred I've got the penalty, kick into touch, go and attack the Penrith line rather than getting a six to go on tackle one and not really affecting anything other than giving Penrith a chance to stabilise their line. Yeah, well, I guess they're uh, playing, well, not within the rules, but playing according to the rules, are exploiting the rules. That's probably the right word to, to use. And um, they did it, didn't they, Penrith? And I think I think there could have been a, a lot more six again restarts, four in favour of Parramatta. Anyway, we move on. Parramatta gone. Panthers roll on. They play Melbourne Storm next week. They're going to need to be better again, particularly in attack. Who wins that one, Timmy? Oh, I think I think Melbourne Storm. I think they win well. Um, you know, you watched the way they played against Manny last week. They've had the the added bonus of having the week off as well, so they're going to be fresh. Um, I think it was a big statement last week against Manly. I think it was just them sending a message to the rest of the competition that you know they are the best in the business at this time of the year for a reason. And um, I can't. Oh, I think it's going to be take a lot to stop them. Um, I just. I just think Penrith are a bit bruised and battered. Last night would have taken a lot of juice out of them. The positive that they would have got from last night is they would have got a bit more confidence. And Penrith play their best when they're carefree, confident, and just enjoying themselves. And looking at vision of them during the week, they just looked stressed and they looked under the pressure. And um, I just had a, I had a feeling they were going to win because of that. I thought maybe you know it's a, a position they're not used to being in when they're feeling a bit 
of uh, pressure and stress, but uh, they got the result. And as a result of that, now they come into next week with a bit of a spring in their step, and maybe maybe they uh, play a solid footy we haven't seen them play for a few weeks. But I just still think Melbourne are going to be too strong. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, I, I I thought the same as you, Timmy. I tipped the Eels, um, and they they were right in it, weren't they? Melbourne Storm, they would be sitting back, I imagine, last night watching that bruising encounter, loving every hit, wouldn't they? they that because both of these oh, teams, yeah. and particularly Penrith, now they'll be walking uh, walking with a few bruises for a few days. Yeah, they will be. But if, I, if I'm being honest, as a player, you know, I used to always talk about how I used to love short term. I used to love playing the week after. Because um, your body is so used to playing week in, week out. So I don't think that the bruising encounter is going to affect their ability to play next week at all. I just think uh, mentally it would have taken a lot to get up for that game and to yeah. to just drag out a, a win like that would have been you know, exhausting mentally. And then you're going up against a team who's pretty much had their feet up for the last two weeks, uh, last week anyway. And they come into next week full of confidence. And they, they have big game plays. That's where Melbourne just goes to the next level. They've got players who are so used to playing at this time of year. They're so used to playing origin footy. They've got so much experience in the big games. Um, and hey, they've got Harry Grant and Pappenhaus, uh, Nico Hines on the bench. Like, what, what kind of team can do that? Mm. All right, mate. The other prelim final next week then. Manly, um, can they can they go through to a grand final? They, they play South Sydney. Um now, I see some comments by Ryan Girdler on a, a rival uh, radio station. It's in the paper today, an article by David Riccio. Uh, Girdler saying that um, uh, Manly, um, they've beaten no one. They don't deserve to be just 80 minutes from a grand final. They are flat-track bullies, yet to uh, really topple any of the uh, the big-gun sides. And aside from the Roosters... Um, they have struggled a little bit against the the more superior teams. How do you see that one going? Oh, I think it's gonna be a great game. I think it's gonna be awesome. I think Desi would be loving the fact that people are saying that they're not no chance. I think he's the kind of coach that would love that. I think Bennett would be getting upset that people are talking mainly down. <laughs> I think Bennett would prefer to be getting talked down himself. Um, I, I, I actually reckon Manly going to win this game. I think um, South were great last week to to pit Penrith, but. Um, you know, if I'm looking at both teams, I think Manly are too strong. And I'll tell you what, if Manly win and Melbourne win, it's going to set up a great rematch. And I think it's one that um, could go either way if Manly and Melbourne get to a grand final. Mm. Well, who knows, eh? And uh, they've played a couple of grand finals, haven't they? Manly and uh, and Melbourne. What was it, 07 and uh, then again, 08. Um, what, are you, what are you doing today, mate? So you've got no football this afternoon. What does Timmy Manor do with the, with the rest of the day? Yeah, no, football is... Um, I enjoyed yesterday. I jumped on crunch time with Brendan Cowell and uh, and Joel Kane, which was a, it was a good afternoon. Yes, I heard a bit today, of that. Yeah, it's a bit of family time today, and um, I'll, I'll no doubt probably head to the park thing later and just uh, get some exercise in. Mm. All right, Timmy. Well, great to talk to you as always, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks for jumping on the line. Um, I know it must feel you, you. It must be difficult pill to swallow knowing your team is gone. Um, and I guess we, we build for, for next year. You, you're saying you think the current roster is good enough still to challenge for a premiership uh, next think, year. Think, you don't think it I needs think strengthening? I think we've got a premiership winning side. I'm really confident with it. I like what the what the, the club's doing as well at, on a greater level. You know, the centre of excellence and all the off-field stuff happening. There's, there's a lot to get excited about in terms of the Parramatta Eagles. Um, it's just going to be, you know, a tough pull us for the next couple of days and we get excited for next year again. Mate, spirit of sport tonight. Who you got on? 
Oh, mate, we've got the uh, the the great Shane Shackleton. So I, I can't wait to, uh, to share that with everyone tonight. Shane Shackleton. This is a blast from the past, eh? Yes, correct. What time? Uh, what time's that on? Uh, nine o'clock tonight. Nine o'clock. All right, mate. Yep. All right, perfect. All right, champ. Enjoy the rest of your day, Timmy. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, well. Catch you, mate. There he is, Timmy Manor. Always, uh, always up for a chat. And uh, well, it's a bit surprising there. I wasn't. Um, he, he, he thinks they don't need any strengthening. I was asking the question, uh, Parramatta fans out there, do you think the roster needs strengthening? And if so, in what position? Um, Timmy thinks they've got the cattle now. They don't need to have any uh, additional cattle. We might hear again from Brad Arthur because he was talking about uh, plans for next year, I believe. They have got a lot of players coming off contract. But is it really the roster that's Parramatta's problem? Or do the problems lay at the feet of their coach? I'm just throwing that out there. Um, They need to get past... Week two of the finals, don't they? I guess to uh, uh, you know to keep the wolves away. But Brad Arthur again will be under the spotlight. You're listening to NRL Match Day with me, Chris Warren. Uh, yes, indeed, and uh, love you to get involved uh, with the program. It's always uh, a lot more fun if uh, you guys interact either via the text line o four five seven seven three six seven three six, or if you want to jump on the dog and bone, the uh, open line is one three hundred o one. 1170, 1-300-01-1170. Um, generally, there is a, pretty much always some space on the board and we can take your call if if we think it's a good subject you want to talk about, but uh, it's totally up to you and you can help drive the agenda of the show. We're here up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, uh, so please do get involved. Um, looking at this photo in the paper today, Daily Telegraph, of uh, Desi Hasler and uh, Desi's hairdos um, over the year. Looking back to round one, and it's, it's quite... It's quite funny um, by Buzz Rothfield, this one. Um, basically, it's not so much about uh, Desi not being able to uh, go to the barbers because of COVID lockdowns, etc. Um, it's more to do, I believe, with superstition. And he hasn't had a haircut. Um, as it looks, he hasn't had a haircut all year. Um, <laughs> so Desi, the mad, uh, the mad scientist... The mad professor, the nutty professor. We'll hear a bit from Desi uh, and his press conference as well. It, it was quite funny. Mm. Quite funny, Desi. He, uh, he, he knows how to work at work the room, whether it's intentional or not. I'm not quite sure, but uh, there it is. So if all of you out there, and like me, I mean, my hair at the moment, it's looking absolutely dreadful. Not that it ever looks great. It's just out of control. Um, I, had, I gave it a haircut myself the other day, and it's difficult. I almost lost an ear. Then my, ki- my kids came in and said, Dad, here, we'll, we'll do it for you. Well, they were worse than me, mm. right? There's chunks there's chunks out everywhere. I mm. mean, it looks... T- when I go back to the barber, whenever that might be, he's going to... oh, he'll, do- he'll charge me double for sure to get things back to how it used to be. So I understand, I empathise with all of you out there that might have um, dodgy, dodgy haircuts at the moment. My young fella said, Dad, you've got a mullet. I used to have a mullet when I was at school, 18 or whatever. I had a mullet playing footy. Yeah. I think I'm rocking a bit of the Ryan Pappenhausen at the moment. The bit of that's going on. Out of the the mullet. Yeah. But I hate mullets. So I said, no. So he said, yeah, I'll help you, Dad. So he chopped a bit off the back. and but So I've gone shaved in here on the side. And I, you know how the barber sort of tapers it well, in. That's what I'm it, talking about. It's sort of that hard chop yeah, yeah, and then yeah. longer on top and through the back. Yeah. It's, uh, 
So anyway, if you're feeling if you're feeling a bit down about your own do, just have a look at Desi. All right, it's not not the end of the world. Okay, don't worry about. It. And anyway, by the way, looks are only skin deep. Mm. Okay, that's what everyone tells me. Looks are only skin deep. Very good point. It is a good point. A good point. Well made. Get involved with the show. Um, this one here, and again, I haven't got a number name on it. Please put your names on it, guys and girls, so I can I can read your name out. Um, and I don't care if you agree with me or disagree. It's all about open opinion. I, I don't mind at all. Put your names to it. Um, uh, g'day, I've been listening today, and everyone's talking about how Penrith got all the calls last night. I haven't heard anyone say anything about Ferguson. Oh, that's Blake Ferguson laying down with a crusher tackle. Then he gets up and wants to fight. I noticed that Brad Arthur didn't say anything about that unsportsmanlike conduct. As a Bulldogs fan, it's always good to see Parachoke again. No love lost between the Eels and the Dogs. Uh, no, you're right. Um, he was laying down for a crusher, appealing for a crusher tackle. You know, and you've seen penalties given for similar, um, if you want to call that a crusher tackle. Para have been. I think, chief protagonists this season in that manner. Probably them in the store. Lying We're down. lying down for Yeah, crushes. it's not a good look. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. And clearly with Blake Ferguson, there was absolutely nothing That's wrong right. with him. You know, he sprung up like a bloody jack-in-the-box, ready to go. At, uh, I think it might have been Liam Martin. Not quite sure. Yeah. But yeah. I thought Liam must have, if it was Liam, um, must have said something a little untoward mm. um, in the ear the, of the, Fergie to make him go off like a The problem is, Chris, that referees are rewarding it. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, we talk about diving in soccer all the time, and it's the same thing. They yeah. only they're only continue doing it because they're rewarded for it. It's got to be stamped out by being I a bit more it. lenient with that pressure on the neck rule. And I understand it's a safety thing, but when players, you know, you said all the time now, players backing into tackles looking for it yeah. because they realise that a guy who's second or third man in has left his feet going high and straight away, as soon as they feel a bit of pressure, oh, yeah. hands on the back. Oh, of I neck. hate it. I hate it. And, yeah, and yeah. Fergo, Fergo's the king of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fergo is the king of it. Um but, you know, they don't just back in to the defensive line looking for the crusher. That's just these days. They can probably get a few more metres yeah. at the end of their Rolling run. Rolling backwards. Um, post-contact mm. metres or whatever you want to call it. But they are asking for trouble. But I hate it. And it's something that um, it's got to be stamped out of the game. It's, it's, it's raised its head, reared its ugly head more than ever before this year. Mm. Than any other year in my um, 47 years of following footy. I'm talking from the age of four. Uh, this year's been the worst for, for laying down. It's not part of our game. It's not part of the fabric of our game. Let's get rid of it once and for all. And if you want to go down and, and grab the back of your neck because you feel you've been um, crushed, well, that's fine. But you have to go off for five or ten minutes mandatory and have a HIA or a neck, an, an NIA, a neck injury assessment. Mm. You want to do that? Off you go. Good as gold. Mm. That'll stop them. That'll stop them for sure. 0457 736 736 if you uh, want to weigh into anything that we're talking about here uh, today. Uh, Tim Manor was just on the phone um, and he was saying that, in his opinion, the current roster does not need strengthening at Parramatta at all. He thinks, Timmy, and he would know. I mean, he was captain at the, the club. He thinks the current team would should be good enough to win a title. You might have different thoughts out there, Parramatta fans. I might be. Talk I will actually not might uh, talk to um, our mate Sixties from the Cumberland Throw. 
get him on a little bit later on, have a chat um, about him, uh, about quarter to two, and see if he's uh, still drowning his sorrows. Um, but Timmy Manor thinks uh, the squad is good enough as it is, doesn't need any um, additions to it. Brad Arthur, he spoke about plans for next season. Yeah, that's a good testament to their character. Um, you know, and that was what was talked about in there. We dug a bit of a hole, but we dug ourselves out of it. And, um, you know, if you, if you haven't got a strong group or, or, or a strong club, that doesn't happen. So, but, yep, you know, we, we're, we're not going ahead next week. It's been eight years, Jake. It's been talking about me, so, it's, you know, it's not about me, it's about the club. It's about the team. So, um, you know, that's part of my job as a coach. We'll just roll with it, mate. It doesn't bother me. You said you don't want to talk about contracts, but there is a lot of talk about guys that are free to negotiate from November 1, a lot of your big-name players. Is, well, is that a concern? No, because I reckon we've seen tonight that they all like playing in this jersey and for each other, so I don't, I don't think that bothers me. Brad Arthur there um, answering some questions uh, from the floor and about players and rosters for next year. The last question there, I think that might have been... Um, Jake Duke, is it Jake or Jack? Jake Duke from Fox Sports um, asking, do they need uh, additional players? Um, and Brad was saying, well, you saw out there tonight that those players that are off contract, they showed by that performance that they still want to be in blue and gold. Uh, and I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Whether you want to keep them in blue and gold, that's that's the question. Um, but what else is out there? Look, I, I think it's a very good roster. It might need a little bit of tinkering uh, here and there. Um, you know, Clint Gutherson, he's your, he's your player that's up for renewal as well, and he'll be asking for close to a million dollars. Is Clint Gutherson worth a million dollars? I don't know. I'm asking you out there. I'm asking you out there. Is Clint Gutherson worth a million? Great player. And he had a wonderful game last night, Clint. Um, with one exception, I would like to see a bit more from Clint, right? And you would have seen this too, Mad Rusky, last night. Um, Dylan Edwards on the kick returns. Bang! He was straight into an explosive mode to gain those early metres because it's a game of inches these days, particularly finals football. You want to start your set as far out from your own goal line as you possibly can. So those early metres from the kick returns, in my opinion, and this is an under-12, under-13s coach talking here, but they're so important. Bang, bang, get up there and go. Gain an extra 10 or 20 and start your set, you know, 10 metres your own side of halfway if you can or 15 metres. But with Gutho, it was always taking it and quite casually waiting for a Hayes Dunster uh, to come and do the leg speed and, and to get the drive forward. And I just wish we had to see a little bit more of Gutho, a bit of explosion from him, you know, to, to get them going a bit earlier on. Anyway, just an observation from me. But is Gutho worth a million dollars? Look, in my opinion, your million-dollar players are your teddies, are your turbos. Um. You know, the next rung of players, so I don't Cleary. know. And it shouldn't really be about, and it clearies, yeah? Yeah, real, they'd be lost, don't get me wrong, they'd be lost without Gutho. He performs such an important role right across the field. Um, but is he your star, your gun fullback that's worth a million? Probably not. And I don't know whether he is asking for that or not. Anyway, he can he can get what he wants. He can get what he wants. Um, who am I to say what they should be earning? But you know, you know what I'm saying. He, I, I don't think he's your dynamic fullback that can really turn a game like a Pappenhausen can, like a Turbo can, like a Teddy can. But a mighty fine player, mighty fine player is Clint Gutherson. Um, 
Uh, here's another text here. I think Kenny uh, chirped him. That's why he got up. We're talking about Blake Ferguson, the incident, the uh, the crusher tackle appeal. Was it Mitch Kenny in there, was it? I thought it might have been Liam Martin. Probably was Mitch Kennedy. Um, and that's from Daniel from <laughs> New Zealand. Uh, good afternoon to you, Daniel, as uh, well, listening to us on uh, SENZ. We'll take a quick break, and up next we're going to talk to, we're going to go through the Albi files. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. And, uh, well, it's Sunday as usual for us. We're in here from 12 till 3. Have been all season. Been a bit of fun along the way as well. And always asking for you guys and girls out there to be a part of the show. Uh, pick up the phone, one 1170 if you want to have a chat. Uh, let me know what you're doing. No football today. First time all season, isn't it? Uh, other than the split rounds through Origin, I guess. But uh, no Sunday football. Well, we did have Sunday football th- through then anyway. What are your plans this afternoon? How are you enjoying uh, this wonderful weather if you are in, in Sydney town? So just recapping then, Sea Eagles beat the Roosters 42 points to six, seven tries to one, another do- double to Tommy T. Roosters bow out and Manly go through to meet South Sydney next weekend. Both of the prelim finals, by the way, are at Suncorp Stadium uh, next weekend. So we've got a Friday night game and then a Saturday afternoon game. Uh, the Panthers, eight, defeated Parramatta, six last night. Bruising and gutsy affair all round. Parramatta, uh, they bow out. The Panthers go on and they play Melbourne Storm on Saturday afternoon at Suncorp. Saturday afternoon at Suncorp, same day as the AFL Grand Final. And that'll be, I believe, a four o'clock kickoff um, up there at Suncorp. So a rematch of last year's Grand Final. Who wins that? Penrith or Melbourne? Who wins the other one, Manly or South Sydney? All right, well, um, each and every week on a Sunday, we are pleased to have um, Albie Tellerico. He's a Newtown Jets director, but more than that, he's a good fella and he's a rugby league tragic, and we like rugby league tragics on this program. He's a stats man. Um, he knows everything there is to know and more about the greatest game of all, and uh, he joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Albie. How are you? Hello, Chris, and I hope everyone's well today. You watched that game last night? Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? It was, it was a great to see not as many tries in the game. I thought it was a great defensive game by both sides. You, you just can't fault it. That's rugby league purist. I just love that sort of stuff. And it was edgy your seat thriller. I mean, our whole family watched it. It was fantastic. It was a shame for Parramatta. They, they just need that little X factor. They're almost there. I, I really feel it. But Penrith have been the form side uh, most of the year. And, and, you know, they just got over there in that pressure points of the match yesterday. Now, I've just told our listeners, Albie, that you know everything, right? You're a walking rugby league thesaurus. Now, um, without notice, I was just watching a game on Fox Sports, a retro game from way back when. It was Parramatta Manly at the SCG. Yep. I thought it might have been 82-83 grand final, but there was a, a number seven for Parramatta running around with dark hair, and I thought it was Johnny Colk. And so I'm thinking, well, where's Sturlow? But you're saying that was probably the 76 grand final. Yeah, definitely 76. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Manly side, uh, Graham Eady was in that side, Terry Randall. Yes. Ray Higgs was second row for Parramatta, along with Ray Price. They had the That's two it. Rays there. You know, they had a magical side. Phil Mann would have been fullback. The wingers were Neville Glover and Ed Sokowitz. Yeah, I mean, they it. were making some of the final tackles in the match. Johnny Colk was a fantastic player, great defensive halfback, real nippy, very in that Tommy Radonikas, Greg Oliphant style, yeah. for those of you that remember your history. He eventually was replaced by, by Murray. Murray also played 5'8", and then uh, the bloke from Wagga came along, Peter Sterling, the bloke and Wagga, just yeah. wasn't he outstanding. Yeah, and uh, so too was late Mars. Um 
just and we'll get on what we do with Albie, by the way, to our listeners out there. He comes up with the, it's called the Albie Files. We'll play a bit of music for it shortly, and he comes up with some weird and wonderful trends or series or whatever in the game. Before we get to that, though, I yeah, I reckon I was at that grand final, Albie. I would have been seven years of age. And I reckon this is why I held a bit of a, a dislike for Manly through my, my childhood years. I reckon they pulled Ray Higgs's stitches out in that grand final. Would I be somewhere? I wouldn't. No, yeah, yep, you're not yep, sure. Yeah, I've heard that as well, and I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they had some really tough plays in Manly in that side. And it's funny you mention that because uh, they got their all in, in 1981 in that great battle of uh, the SCG between Newtown and Manly when uh, Manly thought that they were the, I suppose, the the silver tails where they met the kids from the wrong side of the street from Newtown led by Tommy Radonikas. And uh, yes, last week was the 40-year anniversary. Today, well, tomorrow, effectively, uh, from a date point of view, but from a day point of view, is the match that Newtown had to take on Eastern Suburbs. Now, Eastern Suburbs were the minor premiers in 1981. Mm. And they were playing fantastic. Everyone thought Newtown could have done something, but when they beat Manly and then when they took out Eastern Suburbs, who had who were basically back-to-back losers in the series of 1981, getting defeated in, the, in week two by Parramatta, who'd beaten Newtown, Newtown took the long road to the grand final. And they were up against a side coached by Bob Fulton. And it was his last, I think his last year at the Roosters. Up against, a, I suppose, a young and up-and-coming coach, but a very, very astute guy in Warren Ryan who was into his um, third year at Newtown, and he had Tommy Radonikas, Graham O'Grady in that particular side. Craig Ellis was there as well. And one of my favourite players of all time was uh, was Ken Wilson. He was in that side as well, one of the smartest football players ever to play rugby league. Up against the Eastern Suburbs Roosters. They scored a couple of tries that day. Don't forget tries with three points. And they had tries to both uh, Blacklock and Ferguson. You think about those two players. He was to score a try, of course, way back. Uh, if you fast forward in 1989 as well, John Ferguson, as we know, was one of the greatest wingers ever to, uh, to put on a footy boot. But 1981 was also a, a thing of number ones as well for Newtown. It was the introduction of the thin bin. Remember that? It was five-minute and ten-minute thin bins. Well, who was the first player? Well, it had to be a Newtown player, Barry Jensen. And the other thing as well, the following week, because Newtown beat the Roosters... They played Parramatta in the very first Sunday grand final, which was 1981. So a lot of little different anniversaries that happened. What could have been right after halftime, of course, Tommy scored that magnificent try. But a couple of years later, unfortunately, things didn't work out with the, uh, the trip out to Campbelltown. But there it was. Now, one other thing about the ones, and we've discussed it over the last couple of weeks as a part of the Albi files, the last three of the four sides have won on the anniversary of the ones. South in 71, Penrith in 91, and Manly in 2011. So the numbers of Albies files will come true come Sunday week at the grand final. One of those sides, or potentially two, will be playing it off in an anniversary grand final, and uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So sometimes history does repeat itself in rugby league. Wow. So the ones, hey, South Sydney and Manly. That Manly... And Penrith. Yeah, and Penrith. Yep, 91 Penrith. Yes, you're right. Uh, coached by, of course, Phil Gould, who played in the 1981 Grand Final. So oh. there's lots of little links. Oh, there you so go. So if, if you follow history, you can follow it all the way through, which uh, is quite extraordinary. You talk about Manly 2011 and uh, yes. reading yesterday. So a bit of similarity about this team and that team in that, in that you've got a star fullback with his, yes. uh, with his brother in the forwards, i.e. 
Brett Stewart, Glenn Stewart. We've got Tommy Turbo, Jake Trebojevic, and, of course, the exact same halves pairing, DCE and Kieran. It's amazing when you think about it. You know, it, you know, there's a, I know that there's another guy that comes and speaks on, I think, Jimmy Smith's program, the NRL Economist, and one of the things he talks about is purity. And with Daly Cherry Evans and Kieran Four and the amount of games that they've played together as a halfback and 5'8", and if you look at their win-loss ratio, it's nothing short of extraordinary. And you're right, you've got two sets, you've got a great set of brothers, two superstars, and, you know, they're once-in-every-10-year style of players. And Des has brought out the best of these guys. He knows Siege mentality better than anyone else. And uh, But, you know, there's an incredibly great human side to Des Hasler as well. A lot, a lot of people don't realise. Um, but he's a, he's just a great, passionate man for rugby league and, and for rugby league up, on the, up in the, the insular peninsula, as they call it, of course, Chris. And you know all too well about that. Oh, nothing insular about me. Listen, Albie, you mentioned another great name in there, Kenny Wilson. And so, uh, you know, I was only only young uh, when Kenny was in his prime. But I'm right in thinking, aren't I? Uh, he was he was the toe poke, wasn't he? Just like the crow and and Mal Meninga. Absolutely, and he was one of the great kickers and an incredible field goal exponent as well. Mm. His father was a VFL player, an Aussie rules player, played in the Sydney Premier League uh, for Newtown on Henson Park because of the, it's an oval. And he was also a, a Aussie rules player as well. And I think that's where he fine-tuned a lot of his long-range kicking. But his toe-poking exponent is, uh, is nothing short of amazing. He hadn't been well, I can tell you that. But the last I heard from him, that he was he did actually turn turn the corner and was recovering okay. And and my thoughts are always with him and his family. He's just a terrific bloke. And yeah. I was fortunate enough to host an event where him and Noel Kelly were there at uh, Peter Shamara Cell, one of our great sponsors of Newtown, uh, were there that night for the. Um, uh, I think we called it uh, Controversy Corner Part 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, Noel Kelly anointed me Little Rex. I was really proud that night, I can tell you. <laughs> All right, mate. I'm just wondering, who was the last toe poker? It would have been uh, Mal Meninga, I reckon. So we've had Kenny Wilson, Mick Cronin, Mal Meninga. Who were the other? Oh, Barbar Lamb was a toe poker, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, he I would have been the last. One into the mix. Oh, I've got a funny feeling David... Was it Ferner was also a toe poker? Or was oh, he around the no, corner? he was around the corner. Oh, got to double check. Daisy he was, was around the corner, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, we'll have to double check. Yeah, no, nah, he wasn't a toe tape. poker. So I reckon Barba was probably the last. Uh, probably, yeah. Toe poker extraordinaire. Probably. Our listeners might know, 0457 736. Who was the last toe poker and who was the best toe poker? Albie, great to talk to you, mate. We'll do it again uh, next week, hopefully. Thanks, Chris. All the best. There he is, Albie Tellerico uh, from the the Newtown Jets. And uh, he brings us each and every week, uh, the Albie Files. You are indeed. And uh, let me know what you're up to out there. Um, If you're in Sydney, as I said earlier, it's a gorgeous day out there. And I'll be joining you um, after three. Hopefully the sun is still shining. But uh, let us know what you're up to. 0457 736 736. Manly fans, how are you feeling? Are you feeling pretty good, pretty optimistic about the game coming up against South Sydney? Will you make it through to the grand final? Who will you play? Are we getting a step ahead of ourselves? Um, big win over the Roosters on Friday, 42 points to six. And uh, Tommy Turbo um, with another two tries, taking his tally to 27. So he's equal with Phil Blake. I was trying to get Phil on the show, actually, um, but I wasn't able to manage it, sadly. We might try and... Um, get him during the week, possibly. So Turbo now is equal with Phil Blake, 27 tries. And uh, Phil set that record for Manly uh, way back in uh, 1983. We were just talking about him before. I thought I saw him um, 
on the uh, that replay of that grand final, but uh, it wasn't actually him. But Phil Blake, what a what a great player, and you'll remember that as ads, wouldn't you? Uh, Manly and Power and the Tui's ads and the Chip and Chase. Well, Turbo's on twenty seven, and Turbo could set a whole new record uh, on uh, on Friday night when uh, they take on South Sydney. But what about all three of them? I mean, Jason Saab, Ruben Garrick, and Tommy Turbo. Between them, they have scored 534 points. Sorry, repeat it. Yes, 534 points between Turbo, Ruben, and Tommy. Saab scored 104, Tommy scored 108, and Ruben has scored 322. And what makes this even more amazing, yeah, we know it's the first time ever that three players from the same club has scored 20 or more tries. But between them... The 534 points, that's more than nine other NRL competition teams. Yep, three players have scored more points between themselves than nine other NRL teams. It's been quite remarkable um, what they have achieved. Uh, we'll talk to Brett Kamali a bit later on too for uh, Gallagher's Insurance. We have Noddy's Kangaroos, Gallagher's Kangaroos. Each week he selects a 13. Um and they go into the uh, the kangaroos. We give Mal Meninga a call. We say, Mal, here's your 13 for this week. Uh, it's a virtual or hypothetical test match we might be playing in a couple of days' try, uh, time. I think he's looking for a winger. If you've got any thoughts out there, uh, let us know. We're looking for a winger because Brian Toto is out injured, who should be back next week. We're looking for a winger, listeners. 0457 736 736. Who comes in to Noddy's kangaroos? Surely he couldn't put Garrick in there, could you? He's a leading point scorer. Why bloody not? There are worse options. Can give you... I'm going to chat to Noddy about it. There you go. He's got the final say. He's mm. the chairman of selectors. But I do have a fair bit of sway with him. Just a thought, throwing it out there. Or what other winger do we throw into Noddy's, Noddy's kangaroos? Josh Adokar's on one wing. But he's a bit injured too, isn't he? He's currently... Should be back for the prelim. Mm. Anyway, just throwing it out there. We'll talk to Brett um, a little bit later on. Um, Des Hasler then. He was at the, uh, obviously, uh, the post-match press conference in Mackay after his team's big win over the Roosters. Um, He's a funny man, Des, isn't he? Funny man. We've talked about his haircut, but he he was a little bit prickly. (laughs) Can't hear you, mate. Yeah, no, he's really uh, adapted really well. He's just a real footballer, Dylan. He can play a number of positions. He plays the ball. Another role you see him playing for the side in the future? He's been playing it for about the last six, seven weeks. Yeah, moving forward, that is, if he does stay. Well, if he's been playing it for the last six, seven weeks, he'll be playing it moving forward. Sorry? That's your first win of the season against a top five side. How important is it? I mean, it, it, you're in finals now, but I mean, just, just yeah, getting I, that I think, I think that question is a little bit... Not to say naive, but we're playing semi-finals. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, whether they're bottom five, top five, middle five. Uh, it was sudden death tonight, and we had to win. Thank you very much. Thanks. Well, you look back to round one. Yeah. The, the 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 beating from the Roosters you got then. You looked at tonight beating them, and, and now in a preliminary final. What's impressed you most about your side's progression to that well, time? This is, round one was about six or seven, eight months ago. Does it really matter? It's been a lot. It's been a, 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 you know, started slow, but the journey's just really picked up momentum. Could have said it a better way. Thank you, Duke. Thank you, Duke. Duke. He called him Duke. <laughs> Your Duke's up. That's Jake Duke. Uh, answering the questions to Desi and <laughs> Desi. Thank you, Duke. Uh, he probably meant thank you, Jake. He wouldn't call him by. He's like saying to me, "Thank you, Warren." 
My favourite is... He, There's him. My name's Chris. He doesn't let them finish the question. Sort of talks over the top. And then, um, <laughs> thanks everyone. Before the before the press officers yeah. all said, oh, that'll do. Enough questions. Yeah. Des, Des decides his press conference. Yeah, funny, isn't he? Funny, <laughs> Desi. And uh, a couple of times he, he, he's, he can't hear. So can't hear. I'm, I'm wondering if that's got something to do with the hairdo. And maybe if he has a little bit of a trim around the ears, he might be able to hear them. I don't know. Or maybe he's just playing playing difficult. But uh, it was a bit Wayne Bennett-esque, wasn't it? That little uh, press conference from uh, Desi Hasler. Do love Desi. Great coach and uh, a really good man as well. And uh, I don't know. Who knows? Can Manly make it to the big one? You're listening to NRL Match Day. And coming up to 27 minutes to 2 o'clock. We'll be here until 3 o'clock. So I hope you're enjoying your afternoon. Whatever you're doing out there, um, why don't you send me a text? Let me know what you're up to. It's a little bit different, isn't it? A Sunday afternoon, but no footy. No NRL to look forward to this afternoon. I guess it gives us um, an opportunity to do other things and look forward to other things and maybe even catch up with a few friends. Um, obviously, if you're fully vaxxed and all that, and you can have an outdoor gathering. I think it's only five people, isn't it, you can have uh, together. I might do that myself this afternoon. Although, uh, it's been a while since I've even had a had a beer with any of my mates. I guess we're all in the same boat, haven't we? Um, forget what they look like. I've got their phone numbers. I guess I could drop them a... Drop them a couple of texts and see if they remember me. Hey, it's me, Chris. Yep, yep. Um, oh, what, no footy this afternoon, Chris? Uh, no. Want a beer? Maybe. Anyway, we'll see if I can if I can rustle up a couple of uh, old mates. Anyway, let me know what you're up to. 0457 736 736. Scotty Bailey's on the line, uh, sports journo for AAP. Good afternoon, Scott. How you doing? Good, Chris. Yourself, mate? I'm good. I'm good. You doing anything different today? You've got a, a little one, haven't you? Or maybe a couple of little ones. What's on the agenda? Uh, just, uh, nothing very exciting. Sitting in front of my laptop on Zooms with NRL teams at the moment. So nothing very exciting at all. Oh, boring. That is very boring. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never mind. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, that's what pays. Uh, that's what pays the rent or the mortgage. Right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about a few issues in the game. Uh, firstly, last night's game, uh, Scotty. Parramatta, I guess, unlucky in in a certain sense. Uh, there were a few stoppages in the game, and I know that Brad Arthur spoke about that as well. Um, he seems to think Penrith maybe got a bit of a, the rub of the green, uh, but we we're still seeing in the game, and it's it's more more um, evident now than ever before. Players laying down, feigning injury, uh, appealing for a penalty with crusher tackles. I'm I'm sick and tired of it. Mm, yes, me too. Me too. I, I tell you, I actually thought it was really disappointing from the NRL this morning. And, you know, there were a lot of issues in that game. And I think it's fair to say that Parramatta uh, got the rub of the green, not to the extent that Brad was suggesting. I don't think we can honestly think that Ivan Cleary's comments a week ago influenced referees. But anyway, you know, the, the one that I think frustrated a lot of people was uh, Blake Ferguson staying down, clutching on his neck. And then as soon as the whistle was blown, jumping up and sprinting at Mitch Kenny. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty clear giveaway that you're not injured. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, you know, we, we saw Graham Annesley uh, a couple of months ago come out and say that maybe the way to stop this was to charge players with contrary conduct if, you know, it was clear they were staying down to feign an injury. And, you know, he made a point at the time that's very, very hard to prove and it'd be, you know, tough ask for the match review committee to do it. Well, if they aren't going to do it on last night's evidence, when are they ever going to do it? They had a chance last night to you know, to make a statement, and they really failed to do so. So as far as I'm concerned off that, I think we're going to see a lot more players clutching and at their neck and feigning injuries because what stops them, honestly? 
Well, well, exactly. Yeah. So until the NRL bring in bring in something to prevent it, or it'll just keep happening. Um, and you know, you you can point the finger at the players and the coaches for instructing it, but if them's the rules, them's the rules. You know, as soon as they bring in a mandatory five or ten minute, um, almost a, a neck a neck IA or a HIA for the neck, you, you you're feigning injury, <laughs> off you go. I mean, that that might uh, just stop it. Um, just still on that game last night, um, you, you, Parramatta, they had plenty of opportunities, didn't they, but just failed to ice it in the end and clearly clearly missing a specialist dummy half. Yeah, I mean, I think if Reid Marnie plays that game, it's a different story, to be honest. Like, for due respect to Ray Stone, he's, he's a great defender. I thought he actually did a really good job out of dummy half uh, last week against Newcastle, but by his own admission, he's not a hooker. He, he never played hooker growing up. He... He got thrust in there in his first game in first grade. I think it was in 2018, um, coming off the bench and sort of realised, well, you know, if I, if I want to get picked on Parramatta's bench, I need to show a, you know, a bit of versatility and therefore does his extras after training and, uh, you know, passing out a dummy half. And if a guy's injured at training or unavailable at training, he might play out a dummy half. But he, he's not a hooker. He knows that. Um, so I don't, I don't think, you know, you can certainly not blaming him. I don't think you can blame him for a second. That's, that's not fair of it. It does just show that if you've got a specialist hooker, it makes a difference. And Reid Marnie, yeah. no doubt, would have made a difference in attack last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Although I don't think, like, it's tricky. Like, this is, Brad Arthur made a great point or argument during the week that a lot of clubs would give anything to have four semifinal finishes or in five years or reach the semifinals four times in five years. And, yeah. And he's right. And last night was certainly different to the last three exits where they've, either capitulated after halftime or never really showed up against Melbourne in 2019. Yeah. So it's a really interesting few months ahead at Parramatta because you know, I, I personally would like to think that that what they did last night reflects positively on, on Brad Arthur and not negatively, but you know, results are result as well. Well, I'd like to think the same because I'm a bit like you. I mean, you, you've made four you know, semifinals in, in a row or whatever. You, you failed to go to the, the prelim, but... I mean, it's not a bad it's not a bad achievement, but but again, you, you're right. The spotlight will be on uh, on Brad Arthur. Um, just on Penrith last night, so uh, Toto is not there. He's expected to uh, return next week, I believe. You might know more. And Kikau was missing for for most of that match as well. I think he was also an ankle injury. Any news on on that? So they can't get them into scans today. Or when I spoke to them about an hour ago, they couldn't get them into scans today, uh, being a Sunday up there. But they're hopeful of some news tomorrow. I think they're a little bit worried about Kikia, maybe a little bit more worried than they're letting on. Um, if it's a syndesmosis injury, then he won't play uh, on Saturday. I think you know that's a given. They're hopeful it's a lateral ankle sprain, which, as it's been explained to me, you can probably recover from those a lot quicker. He would be a pretty good chance of running out. So he's certainly maybe 50-50, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Mitch Kenny, the other one, which, of course, caused plenty of discussion um, when the game was stopped, Mitch Kenny's injury. Uh, he got, tro- he got trodden on, didn't he? Well, I don't know if he... He may have been trodden on, but that, you know, Penrith are adamant that it's a pretty serious injury he's got. You know, he, he hasn't had scans yet, but they, they don't see any way in which he plays. I reckon, looking at it, I I saw it in the replay, and I don't know who it was, but one of the Parramatta players getting up, nothing intentional, but I don't know if you've ever had your boot stuck under another player's stud with a a 110 kilo pressing right Mm. down through the top of your foot. That could easily break a bone in your foot. So maybe maybe it might might be that serious. 
Yeah, I think so. Which, you know, there's always going to be the great debate about whether players should be stopped or shouldn't be stopped. But under the current rules, they are entitled to ask mm. the player to be stopped in a serious injury, and they believe it's a serious injury. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be stunned if Mitch Kenny plays um, mm. this weekend or, or, or again this season, obviously, with only two weeks to go. And kick out, if it's syndesmosis, uh, Scotty, he won't play again this season. If, if it is syndesmosis, that's, mm. uh, that's impossible to come back from that in under under three or four weeks, um, definitely. So we'll keep a watch on uh, Viliami Kikau. Um, okay, going back to uh, Friday's game and um, Manly with a, a comfortable win over over the Roosters and you just got the sense that uh, almost last week was was enough for the Roosters. They were they were gone. They've been you know hobbling along, did so well, successful season, uh, but Manly far too strong. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, the Roosters are gutsy this year. I, I almost thought it was unfair or undeserving the way it ended for them just with how, how much determination they'd shown um, this year. But yeah, like you say, you you sort of felt that once they got behind that they'd been kicked that many times when they were down this year that they just couldn't get back up that last time. It it makes for a really interesting game next week, that Manly South game, you know, um, through the ways of the final format. It's Turns out being one v two and three v four in the in the two preliminary finals. Mm. You think Souths are probably a better defensive team than Manly, and if they can turn it into a low scoring game like they did against Penrith last week, Souths would probably be too strong. But if if Manly can turn it into a into a shootout, that's probably where you know there's a lot of football played on the front foot. Daly Sherry Evans, Sandra Boyevich, the way they play, um, you'd think that's the way Manly want the game to go, and that's probably their best chance of. Of upsetting house. Mm. Um, well, I was just looking at some of these figures that are off off the chart for for Manly, and uh, it's it's quite an interesting story between them. Um, Saab, Garrick, and Turbo they've piled on what is it five hundred and thirty four points, more than nine of the NRL teams. <laughs> it's quite something, isn't it? My, my favourite stat of all that too is that. Jason Saab, is he 26 tries now, 25 tries? Anyway, all but yeah. one of them have come in the games that Tom Trebojevic has played, which is oh, yeah. it's laughable. But, you know, and, and that's no disrespect to Jason Saab. It just shows what a different team they are um, when when Tom's in the field. I, I think, you know, some of the stats around Manly just in general are incredible. Like they, they, their opening month of the season um, was their worst ever opening month in attack and their worst ever opening month in defence. So, oh, yeah. you know, essentially their worst ever opening month in both sides of the field. And, and, and then from round six on, they scored more points than any other team in the competition. So it, just the reversal in, in Manly's all-time, I think I have to get the numbers back out. It's a Newtown premiership in the... I think it's between the walls or something, you know, is the last time a team has gone from losing their first four games to winning the title. Yeah. Um, St. George of the Warrior in 2005 were the last side to have made the prelim after losing their first four games. So it's, you know, it's a statistician's dream, this Manly team and sort of, <laughs> yeah, the, star, the story of two sides, really. Yeah, well, the, the reversal, the turnaround from uh, last week's big loss to Melbourne and then the, their big win, over the Roosters, I I haven't got those stats in front of me either, but it is a record. It is a record for it's the biggest turnaround, yeah, biggest yeah, turnaround. positive turnaround, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a builder of a match. A couple of players out of that match sort of uh, escaped. Any they slipped past the match review um, committee. Uh, Radley's uh, jab at, at Kepi. What 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 happens there? Does that go unpunished? And Tapao was 
What was he doing in the last few seconds? Yeah, um, Radley's unpunished. 96,000 was honestly just bizarre, wasn't it? I can't remember who the tackle was on, but it was it was just late and it was needless and the kind of thing I would have thought Dead Tazler would look at and just be like, mate, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, he, he'd all, already been put on report earlier in the game, so he would have ran the risk of two charges. It could well have been a case of the, you know, even the most smallest of uh, charges could have resulted in a ban. It was, it was very reckless. There were, there were times in that match where Marty Tapao really looked like his emotion got the better of him in some ways. I mean, he's an emotional player. He's a passionate player. He hadn't won a finals match before. Uh, but yeah, he, he did escape charge, which would no doubt have come as a relief to Manly on on Saturday morning. Um, yeah, and like you say, Victor Radley also wasn't picked up for uh, the little fray in the scrum there with Sean Keppy. It is remarkable the amount of charges, or I guess the dropping charges we've seen since the highs of Magic Round and two rounds that followed where for three weeks in a row there were record amount of players charged. Uh, as opposed to what we've seen in the last few mu- or last few weeks of the very deal season into the finals. I'm talking to uh, Scotty Bailey, AAP journo, and uh, very good journo at that. Scotty, did you? Um, I'm going to get your uh, opinion on on who makes the grand final in a moment. So put that in the back of uh, your mind as well. Before that, though, um, and Josh Morris, we, we must mention him. I thought it was a really nice gesture up there. And Mackay, both teams, um, almost a guard of honour for him to go off. And Mackay itself did a really good job hosting both of those finals. Yeah, it was. Um, he, I was thinking about the other day, and like he, you know, he's not the best player to never win a premiership, but he's you know, reasonably high on that list, isn't he? He, he did everything else in the game. Uh, his tackle on GI in origin... To mine goes down in yep. origin folklore yep. um, in two, 2014. It kind of signified the turnaround of the Blues. I know there were a few bad years after that, but it kind of signified when things were changing for New South Wales. They also won that series, the drought-breaking series. Um, and I think Trent Robinson almost summed him up best. There was a line I loved from Trent Robinson about a month ago when uh, we were asking about Josh Morris's defence and how hard it was to crack, and he... <laughs> His, his line was saying along the lines of, well, I had to get him across here because we couldn't get past him. So the best way to do it was just buy him and bring him to our club. And it kind of sums up Josh Morris in a lot of ways. Like one of the best defensive centres we've seen in a long time. And probably one of the few genuine superstar centres who's happy to be a superstar at centre as well without trying to do something else with his game. Like we've seen a lot of centres doing in recent years. He just knew his position. He nailed his position, especially defensively, did it so well. And going out, you know, on top of his game too, like Brett, um, both of them still very, very good players. And sometimes you you get uh, you leave uh, retirement a year too long. Well, they haven't done that. 35 mm. years of age. Josh, 325 games, 158 tries. As you say, um, not a premiership, but what a wonderful career and what a wonderful ambassador Um for, for the greatest game of all. Before you go, um, okay, who wins? Who wins next weekend's games? Who's in the grand final? Uh, I think Melbourne get through based on just Penrith. It's going to be too hard for Penrith to back up for last night. I think yeah. that, that's a Melbourne win to mine. And I think South's defence is just too good. I think they'll get the better of Manly. And then uh, if I can skip forward one week, I think Melbourne do it pretty easily the following week in the grand final. Okay, so Melbourne are the Premiers and they beat South Sydney in the grand final. Scotty, thanks for your time, mate. Enjoy your rest of your Sunday. 
My pleasure, Chris. Have a great day, mate. You too. There he is, Scotty Bailey, and um, he's becoming a regular friend of the uh, the program. And uh, always nice to have a chat to Scotty um, on a Sunday. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. We're going to take a break, and when we return, hoping to talk to Parramatta Eels camp. Well, for Penrith Panthers, uh, your season goes on. You play Melbourne Storm next weekend uh, for the right to go into the grand final. For Parramatta Eels, um, sadly, once again, you bow out. You don't make it through to the preliminary finals, beaten eight points to six by Penrith. Nobody uh, in their right mind, though, could question the effort level, the commitment of Parramatta. Um, just the, I guess, execution let them down at times. And so, too, did, uh, I guess, a lopsided penalty count. And a few things didn't quite go their their way. But I don't think any of this can really point the finger at the referee uh, for the result last night. Or, or can we? I don't know. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. And uh, joining us on the line now is 60s uh, from the thecumberlandthrow.com.au. He's Parramatta through and through. He joins us. Good afternoon, 60s. Good afternoon, mate. This wasn't the original plan, was it? We were supposed to be catching up, you know, same bat time, same bat channel, yeah. and talking about the Eels going through to the preliminary final. I think that's what we said last weekend. Um, it's not to be. I did tip them 60, so I've, I've done all I could do. I did tip them. Um, and I was pretty confident too, almost even to the back five or ten minutes, I was still pretty confident. But oh, you've got to give it to Penrith's defence. Um I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts? I'm looking at social media here, and there's a few Parramatta fans outraged at the lopsided penalty count, um, and a few stoppages here and there. What are your thoughts as as a fan? Well, Chris, it's hurting today. It really is hurting today. And no, I think there's no supporter that likes to reflect back on a match and point fingers at match officials. But the mainstream media and social media are certainly putting a bit of focus on there now. There were two great teams that went toe-to-toe last night. And I don't think I could have asked anything more of the Parramatta Reels. Normally, if you look at... If a team gives absolutely everything and they're playing it close to their optimum uh, that they possibly can in any given match where it's so brutal, you, you think... If you give everything that you've got, you're going to be damn close to getting the victory. And I think last night there was a little bit that was out of Parramatta's control. Mm. And it it can sometimes only takes one or two calls. And, uh, you know, look, I don't look at a 7-2 penalty count so much. I look at because there are penalties that are deserved. I don't, it's, you, you can't, mm. you can't ignore some of the penalties that are deserved. Um, and I will tell you straight out what I what I saw with Ferguson. I hated. So I've, I've heard you talking about that this afternoon. I've hated that. But uh, I I have to say I think if you can't acknowledge that there wasn't a rub of the green uh, that Parramatta didn't get basically any rub of the green last night, I don't know if you were watching the game. Yeah. I really don't because there was some there were some harsh calls that. I mean, there were some calls that I thought were pretty obvious that I didn't think uh, went their way. Now, having said that, and I know I'm rambling on a little bit here, Chris, but having said that, I want to really, I do want to put a focus on how proud all of the supporters are of what the Parramatta Club delivered last night. Because in any given season, by the time you reach the grand final, there are going to be 15 clubs 
that are going to finish on a level of disappointment about their year. Yeah. And strangely, I think Parramatta finish on somewhat of a high because I reckon they've gained some respect within the NRL in these last few weeks that maybe they didn't have before. And I think it's a measure of where the clubs come from and where they get where they're heading. What's the what's the general feeling then? And you've got you're in touch with the, the Parramatta fan base through through your own website and podcasts, cumberlandthrow.com, etc. Um, and and the tip sheet, very good program. Uh, the tip sheet too. Um, they've won two out of eight finals under Brad Arthur. And look, you've made the semi-finals for what four of the past five years. But still, there will be people pointing the finger at Brad Arthur, saying he's not the man that can take us any further. Um, but I don't know you've just said there that you you're ending the season. You can't be too disappointed. But still, I'm asking: Are the expectations maybe too high of the current squad? I think that first of all, anyone that cannot see the development that's happened within the club isn't actually watching the matches in these in the final series. I spoke to you before about um, previous final series and the the parts that were disappointing, the parts that were, you know, not so disappointing in it. There were elements of last year that were out of Parramatta's control in that game against uh, the Rabbitohs where there were just the players that were lost before the game, including Michael Jennings, the morning of the game. But this year, what could what more could the Eels have done than what they did mm. in this final series? I, yeah. I can't see that there could have been... There, there couldn't have been anything. And Brad Arthur has taken this club from being... Let's face it, we'd reached the point before BA took the club over, they were double wooden spoon winning clubs, winning inverted commas. Mm. They were second last the year before that they were the, they won that the, the spoon for two years in a row. So three years in a row, sitting at the bottom. They were the joke of the NRL, let's be honest. Mm. And then by the time all of the salary cap dramas came about, could you have got the club a club in any worse position than where it was sitting at that point? And now, four out of the last five years in the finals, three final series now in a row, and with all the evidence each year that they're getting closer and closer to that breakthrough. Mm. Uh, I I, I can't see anyone else. BA, to me, BA is Parramatta. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's unjust any any criticism of of the coach. Um, um, the, the records are there. Yes, okay, he hasn't he hasn't taken you beyond or really to the the, the prelim finals, but um, a very very good coach, uh, Blake Ferguson. Uh, I tell you what, who, young winger Hayes Dunster. I thought he was really good last night, wasn't he? Um, you got no Mike Acevo. He's been missing for a few weeks. I thought Junior Paulo was brilliant. Reggie was uh, tremendous against his former team up front. Um, Fergo, I guess, a little bit quiet, but what what, what, do you, what would you like to see for Blake Ferguson? Do you think he will be heading off, or has that been confirmed? Look, I don't think it's been confirmed, but uh, from memory, Fergo's put out a little bit of noise that he's got his plans sorted for next year. Mm. I Personally, I don't think he's going to be there. Um, Hayes Dunster has really announced his arrival, hasn't he, in the last few weeks? Last night was easily his best game in in the top grade. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't think Fergo's going to be around next year. And, uh, you know, I, we thank him for giving us plenty of moments of excitement in the last three years. Certainly 
certainly a, a mixture of laughs and um, high energy and um, spectacular moments. So um, it, it's never a dull moment with Fergo, is it? No, it's not. All right, mate. Well, um, Parramatta, they're the only team that's been able to beat Melbourne uh, twice this year. Uh, who gets into the grand final 60s and, and who wins it? Oh, I think you've just given the name of the premiers, the Melbourne Storm. They are clinical in what they do. They are total professionals out there on the football field. And I think it would take... How, how are Penrith going to bounce back from from the brutality of last night? Mm. To get, you know, if they get past Melbourne after last night... Yeah, they yep, deserve it. Absolute congratulations and they deserve it. Yep. I think the winner comes from that side of the draw because it's obvious they were the two teams that were predicted to be in there. And that's not disrespect to South or to Manly because uh, one of those teams is going to be grand finalists and it's going to be an exciting contest. But I really see the Storm as being the Premiers again this year. All right, mate. Well, the Cumberland throw, how does it um, enjoy its off-season? What are the plans for 60s in the off-season? You can't just sit around twirling your, your thumbs for three months. Mate, the beauty of the Cumberland Throw is that there is no off season, so we'll we'll keep we'll keep producing the content, and then when pre season rolls around, uh, we produce uh, the uh, pre season training reports. They're exclusive to the Cumberland Throw, so uh, the supporters, if they go to www.thecumberlandthrow.com, and uh, during the pre season, once training starts, oh, and of course, provided COVID doesn't interfere with all of this. Uh, we get down there to Parramatta pre-season training and give a report on how they're going all throughout the pre-season. That's exclusive to the Cumberland Throw. Yeah, it'll roll around before you know it. Sixty, thanks for your time, mate. You've uh, been on the phone a few times for us. It's always good to have a chat. And obviously, uh, all that we get from uh, you guys in the Cumberland Throw is, as we know, through a blue and gold lens. But uh, we love it and uh, we'll do it again next season, I'm sure. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for being our guest in this past week. You brought a Brought a bit of expertise and class to the uh, the Tip Sheet podcast. So uh, thank you for that. And I really appreciate the invitations to be on the show this year. Great stuff, mate. Enjoy the summer. We'll talk again soon. There he is, 60s from the Cumberland Throw and uh, the season all over for Parramatta. Um, but for the website, the Cumberland Throw, it will roll on. So as you heard there from uh, 60s, uh, they never sleep. Before you know it, pre-season will be uh, back around. We're still here for another hour, coming up to three past two. Hope you're enjoying the show. Do feel free to uh, be a part of it. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you'd like to jump on the phone and uh, give me a call, uh, what are your thoughts, Parramatta fans, uh, on your coach? Manly, what are your thoughts too? Um, Ryan Girdler saying, you're flat track bullies. You've beaten no one this season. You don't deserve to be one game away from the grand final. There's plenty of fodder out there. Um, Penrith, it looks like um, you'll be without Mitch Hooker, your replacement. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Hooker? <laughs> Mitch, your replacement hooker. Um, and Viliami Kikau's also got an ankle injury, but it looks like Viliami will be okay. Mitch Kenny, though, looks like he'll probably uh, could be the end of the season for him. Lots more still to come after this short break. Uh, the Profits Guru will jump on the line uh, to talk about the two finals this weekend and to look ahead at next weekend's two prelim finals. And Brett Kamali, Noddy, will uh, join us as well. He's got to give us his Gallagher Insurance Brokers Kangaroos 
I wonder how many changes there are this week. Loads more still to come on NRL Match Day. And coming up to eight minutes past two o'clock, shortly talk to uh, the Profits Guru, um, beforeyoubet.com.au. He's always got uh, some interesting stuff to say. Before we get to him, just so I'd, I'd read through this, I've been sort of banging on about it a little bit. Uh, Manly haven't beaten anyone. This article in The Telegraph today by David Riccio. Uh, it talks about uh, Premiership winning Panther star Ryan Girdler has uh, poured cold water on Manly's title claims, declaring they don't deserve to be just 80 minutes away from a grand final. Girdler has labelled the Sea Eagles flat-track bullies, um, basically pointing out that they haven't really beaten anyone. They hadn't beaten, until beating the Roosters 42-6, they hadn't beaten a top-five team all season. Um, he says, and this is on a rival radio station, I can't believe Manly are one game away from a grand final. They've, um, with the season that they've had, uh, they've had some really good performances by some individuals, but I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying the whole Manly path. They're flat track bullies, he says. Um, so there you go. You look at uh, their record, Manly, against the top sides, um, they lost to the Roosters 46-4. So that was way back uh, round one, I think that was. Yeah, it would have been. Um, lost to the Rabbitohs 26-12. So that was their only meeting, wasn't it, this year uh, with South Sydney. Panthers beat them 46-6. Uh, then the Panthers beat them 28-16. Uh, Eels, they won against the Eels, didn't they? 28-6. Yeah, they did. They did win against the Eels. Other teams, though, uh, lost to the Storm. Um, 40 points to 12 against. So you get the gist of the story. Have they had an easier run? And uh, they will now face South Sydney next uh, Friday for the right to go into the NRL Grand Final. So now it is time for this. Like a town scout, I've been checking out you. My team, uh, Manly, how are you feeling? Uh, time now to talk to the Prophets Guru, and he joins us each and every Sunday on NRL Match Day. Guru, come in. Good afternoon. G'day, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. Always a pleasure. It just incidentally, too, just out of that Manly, while we're talking, while I'm talking about Manly, uh, Dylan Walker, it seems, uh, he may well be on the verge of uh, signing a two-year extension. So it's uh, quite a, um, a bit of a, a renaissance or a resurgence, rather, for uh, Dylan Walker since moving into the back row. But he's doing a great job through the middle um, when he comes on. All right, Guru, well, let's look back at these two games. So rewind the clock to, uh, to Friday night and a really good performance from Manly. The Roosters, as we know, walking wounded. Um, but their 36-point winning margin, um, seven days after a 28-point thrashing, that is uh, made for the largest finals turnaround in rugby league history. What do you make of it? Uh, look, I think it probably doesn't lend to the fact that the Roosters were gassed. They were under yep. strength. 
And, you know, Manly needed to produce that performance after playing the Storm and being comprehensively beat. Now, it could have gone one or two ways. They could have really struggled their way through their match, but they didn't. So I think that's a positive sign. But there's still a few concerns from that. They, you know, they still completed at 79%. They allowed the Roosters um, to make 8.7 metres per carry and 418 post-contact metres. Well, just slightly better than them there. So I think it's a positive performance for the Seagulls. Interesting about what you mentioned before about Ryan Girdler's comments. I mean, prior to last week, you could probably say the same for South. They suffered two 50-point losses to the Storm and Panthers. So I guess it's all relative um, in in what week of the finals we're in. I I certainly wouldn't underestimate the Seagulls, though, because they can produce, like we saw, a a, a fantastic display. So it's going to be a great game next Friday. Yeah, and you've got... um... Three players in the Manly team have scored, this is another article in the Telegraph today, score more points than nine clubs in the competition. 534 points. It, it really has been quite remarkable what these, uh, what these three players themselves have done. Uh, Saab, Trebojevic and, and Ruben Garrick. Yeah, and credit to the Seagulls because their their start to the season was quite poor. And for them to turn it around and be one game away from the grand final is a real testament to their players, the coach and the entire club. So well done to them. But I guess guess there's there's a game plan to limit the Seagulls' performance in a game and maybe targeting those three players and shutting them down is the way to go. But I also think special mention has to go to Kieran Foran. Mm. He seems to have been revived at the club. And I thought I actually thought he was one of the best players on the park on Friday night. Well, you know, with, with Kieran, and there were people raising their eyebrows, oh, really? You're going to bring Kieran back to the club? And rightly so, because he's had a horrendous run in recent years, hasn't he, with injury, whether it be at Parramatta, the Warriors, Canterbury... He spent more time off the field than on the field, but somehow the medical staff on the Northern Beaches have worked a miracle. Yeah, and that's been, I think, one of the finds of the year. And look, I was one of those people that certainly doubted the purchase of, of foreign into the side, but they've made it work. And most importantly, they've kept him fit. And I think it just goes to show that Kieran Foran has a bit of music left in him. I reckon he does as well. Um, we look, we're talking about some, some, some uh, similarities to 2011. So Manly have won eight premierships, right? Their last of which was in, in 2011. And I, I touched on this earlier on. But can you believe the same halves pairing is there today? DCE and Kieran. Um, and they had a boom fullback, didn't they, in the snake, Brett Stewart. Well, they've got Tommy Turbo and uh, Brett's uh, older brother. Uh, Glenn was in the back row and Tommy's older brother, Jake, is also in the back row. Um, so I'm drawing some parallels there. Yeah, there's certainly some parallels to that 2011 team. But I think they'd like to have a few players from that era taking the field. I don't think there's a player with the quality of uh, Watmau or maybe Ballon uh, that, that they would have benefited from there. But they, they're certainly a talented side, this Eagles team. And coached by the same man as well. We should also point that out. <laughs> there's another one. It's uh, it's uncanny, isn't it? It really is. But whether they get there uh, is another thing. They've got to beat South Sydney um, next Friday. So that is the first uh, prelim final. That's its uh, 10 to 8 kickoff on on Friday night. Manly against uh, South Sydney. Who wins that? At this stage, you've got the Rabbitohs. I think defensively, Ooh, okay. mm-hmm. the Seagulls need to tighten up a little bit. There are a few stages in the second half there where their back rollers miss key defensive um 
judgments in the middle of the field and it caused the Roosters to make a line break. Now, they're going to be improved on that, but there's just a few things there along with the completion rate, which I think Manly have to tighten up in order to defeat the Rabbitohs. Just before we fast forward again and, and the Roosters, I mean, a, a great season for them for what they had to struggle with. Uh, Josh Morris, what a player, huh? 325 games, uh, but a premiership eludes him. Yeah, it's a shame that he bowed out the way he did, but, you know, great players don't have to be considered great by just winning in a premiership. Um, I think he can definitely hold his head high. He won State of Origin Series and he also played for Australia, and that's, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of the game. So congratulations to him and congratulations to him on a great career. And, look, credit to the Roosters for the way they battled through the season. It, they just kept kept turning up week after week after week and they've got a well-deserved break. I think a few of their players will uh, will sleep very well in the coming weeks. Yeah, that is for sure. All right, well, Parramatta uh, went down. Eight points to six. Penrith march on. Eels are all done. Um, they've not won back-to-back finals games now since uh, 2009. So um, that premiership dream, uh, or the drought rather, it, it goes on. Look, this was a great game, Chris. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I reckon mm. this was one of the games of the year. Yeah, and me too. I think, I think, and, and I know you're a Para fan, I think Para fans can be very proud of what their side dished up last night. Uh, I, I think there were times there where the game could have gone their way, uh, but it didn't. And that's at the end of the day, that's that's rugby league, unfortunately. But as I said, they can be very proud of their efforts and they, they were brave in defeat. It was pretty neck and neck, this game. Possession was evenly split. Um, completion rates were exactly the same, 84%. Meters game were roughly the same as well as post-contact meters. Only one line break for the Panthers is a concern moving forward, and two to the Eels. So, I think um, we spoke on uh, on Thursday about this invincible uh, perception that the Panthers one had, once had, and I think the longer the finals go on, the, the less and less confident I am in them as a as a football side. Mm. Yeah, well, there's a question mark over Viliami Kikau, uh, ankle injury, Mitch Kenny. I don't think he'll be playing again this season. So you might be right. There might be a few little cracks uh, appearing, and they've only scored the two tries in two matches, Penrith now, both of them uh, from kicks. But uh, taking taking my Parramatta colours off, and I'll be impartial just as a whoever I am. You know, forget that I grew up and, and loved Parramatta. Asking you this, and you're impartial as well, do, do you think Penrith got the rub of the green last night? Yes, I did. I, I, I thought that the the fifty fifty calls um, went their way, and I don't look. I, I don't want to bag the referees for that by any means. No. Um, but there are, there are a few calls which went their way, which had they have gone the Eels' way, could have turned the match out into a different outcome. And the one that comes to mind would be the game stopping for Mitch Kenny. But the referees aren't out on the field to make um, you know, medical judgments. He has to rely on the trainer. The trainer called for play to be stopped. So Ashley Klein was just following protocol there. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I think they got yeah. the 50-50 calls of Panthers last night. Yeah. And look, taking nothing away from Penrith, all right? Isaiah Yeo was outstanding. Nathan Cleary was outstanding. They got the job done and um, it mightn't have been you know, um, a tri-fest like some people might have wanted, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I know Melbourne, they will have enjoyed it too because it was a dead-set bashathon. Uh, Melbourne sitting back and just waiting for the winner. Melbourne will play Penrith next Saturday at Suncorp Stadium, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, leading into, I guess, the AFL Grand Final. I think you've already given me the answer to this one, though. Um, you think the Panthers' season might be uh, coming to a halt. 
Yeah, look, I do. I, I definitely think the Panthers are going to make a hell of a hell of a contest out of it. But they're coming up against a very fresh Melbourne team, as opposed to Penrith, who you know played a very brutal game against South and yeah. backed it up the next week with another brutal game. And there were times last night where you could see Nathan Cleary; he looked a little bit gassed. Mm. Uh, question question marks still remain about Edwards at fullback. I don't think last night was his best game. Um, and it, you could just see that pressure through the middle. I mean, Isaiah Yo was fantastic. They probably have to run a little bit more through him in attack. But the pressure through the middle in the Panthers' defence, and they're they're somewhat vulnerable on the edges. And they actually actually also missed Toto on, on his kick return majors too. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, I appreciate you jumping on the line. We'll do it again next Sunday if you can, uh, when we will know uh, who the two teams are going through to the NRL Grand Final. And uh, what you are saying then is both of the teams that have enjoyed the week off, you think will be going through to the NRL Grand Final. Uh, Profits Guru, always a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one, mate. There is uh, Profits Guru. Beforeyoubet.com.au. Beforeyoubet.com.au is where you can find all the good oil. Twenty-five past two uh, on this Sunday afternoon. We'll be off there at uh, three o'clock, and uh, now time to uh, have Brett Kamali on the line. He joins us each and every Sunday, and uh, we do this for Gallagher Insurance Brokers, proud partner of the Gallagher Kangaroos. Nodwado, before we even talk footy, my friend, how are you? What are you up to on this beautiful Sunday afternoon? Well, Chris, not much at the moment. Just chilling around at home. So uh, a little bit of praying this afternoon. But, um, yeah, just enjoying the beautiful day uh, of leisure. No football to watch, which is quite strange because normally a Sunday afternoon, a couple of games. But, yeah, I'm having a peaceful day, buddy. Are you? Uh, did you take my advice last week and, and do that gym session? I sent you through some interval training music. Did you get it? I did get your interval training music. I haven't done it yet. We have been training still, but... Um, Okay. Will, actually, I'll do it this afternoon. I will do it this afternoon because I did get your email. Oh, don't, no, don't feel, no, don't feel no. pressured. I, I won't be I'm uh, gonna, I'm offended. I've got a 45-minute session coming this afternoon, so that's about how long it is, isn't it? Oh, well, you can do it twice. I just do it. It's 24 okay. minutes. It's a quick fix. 24 minutes. Okay, that would do me anyway. Three sessions, three minute, three eight minute circuits. Okay, quick fix, blowout. No, yeah. I did listen to it. it does does give you a little bit of like motivation and tell you what what's got to happen and what yeah the intensity of the session. So yes, appreciate well, that. You could also try the yoga or the Pilates. I've been doing a little bit of that nod just to tighten up my um my left glute. I've got a problem in the butt, but uh, that yeah, that's it for another time maybe for you. I pulled the tights on too for that in the garage. <laughs> Nothing that flattering. Would be an amazing, no. That would be a great look, wouldn't it? Nothing Just flattering. Picture that all our, list- no. all our listeners. Please picture that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. Um, yeah. Before we talk about your kangaroos, right? Because Mal, uh, Mal Meninga, the coach, is expecting your team to be sent through before three o'clock. So we've got half an hour. Um, just back on last night's game, firstly, and you, you called the other one, but last night's game, Parramatta, they, you know, they were good, they were brave, they were strong, but they just probably lacked just that little bit of polish and class, didn't they? They had enough opportunities. Yeah, that's right. It was so far to be in the game of the semi-final series. Two sides that had a high completion rate, um, went at each other, and uh, great defensive efforts and intensity. So uh, physical for the full 80 minutes. But you're right. Um, Parramatta fell short uh, with their inability to score that knockout try or that try that was going to get them to the victory. Um, 
you know, there, there was, you know, they had more possession than, than what the Penrith side had. I thought they had great field position. They come up with a lot of repeat sets, but they just couldn't come up with that try that would get them the victory or get them in front. So uh, it shows that, you know, defence can win premierships, and that's what the Penrith side did on the back of that last night. Uh, they were very, very good defensively um, and just, you know, just could continually hold out Parramatta and hold out Parramatta. And I know there's been a few calls and Brad Arthur was extremely unhappy after the match. Mm. But, um, you know, even if they even if they look at the Mitchell Moses dragged back by Jerome Luai, it's potentially a penalty, but it's still in the halfway. So he doesn't have a shot at goal. Mm. Um, so it just means they get another set of six. Um, you know, and I also think, um, you know, we've got to be careful how we rule... Um, we take tries off sides because I, I feel like Penrith's execution on the set play from the scrum was pretty much perfect. And Mitchell Moses did his best to actually half move backwards to make contact with the lead runner. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, in the end, I think the better side won. I think the side that deserved to win the game won. And I think both of them had opportunities to win the game. So I don't think the officials cost the, cost the, with no. a howling, howling error. No, there were no, I don't think any howlers. I, I probably tend to agree that Penrith may have got, you know, the majority of the 50-50 calls. But I probably agree with you too. You know, the better team won on the night, didn't they? Where they go from here, though, Penrith, um, it's been a couple of bruising encounters for them. They've only scored two tries now in back-to-back finals. Uh, they will be sporting some some bruises from that game. How do you think they're going to back up against Melbourne? Yeah, well, they're going to play, gonna have to improve quite a lot. Well, you know, the best defensive teams, the Team 1 and Team 2 defensively will play each other next week, so... There's not going to be many tries scored, you'd imagine, from, you know, it's going to be a tough contest. But as you said, like, you know, Penrith scored one try last week um, and one try last night. And the try last night was off a kick, so they didn't actually even carry the ball over the line. So uh, they'll have to improve that. Their attack is way out of sorts. Uh, but I think that's because now we're in the semifinals and now we're down to the final four, or the final six yesterday. And South Sydney did a great job with a high completion rate great kicking game, and then they just defended a lot of... They made Penrith do a lot of yardage sets. So if you don't give Penrith that momentum, they can't get into the sequence of, of sets that they like to do with Yale and Cleary just on that front foot. So I thought Parramatta did a really good job of that last night. By not, you know, Penrith out of yardage rely on the back five so well, and Brian too, I generally set, saves them. Um, mm. And then they get into that good ball scenario, and it's Yale and Cleary coming at you, and they get momentum. So if you can stop momentum you actually can stop a lot of the points that Penrith do score. So, um, yeah, they're going to improve a long, long way. Um, you know, we've got the four best sides that finished on the ladder, still being the four best sides that are going to play in the two grand final qualifiers. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the the consistency of the sides throughout the whole year has sort of shown that they, they are the top four sides and we haven't had that upset to prove yet, prove opposite to that. I'm talking to Brett Kamali. Thank you uh, to Gallagher Insurance Brokers, proud partner of the Gallagher Kangaroos. Yeah, no, you're right, Nod, to the top four. And it just goes to show, too, doesn't it, how how hard it is to win this premiership if you're outside the top four and you don't get a second chance. Yeah, that's right, because that generally means you've got to, you know, you've got to win week one and then you've got to, you know, you'd, you'd have to effectively have three upset victories to get just to be the premiers in the grand final. So um, it's such a tough road. I... I think the two sides that have had the week off are going to be so much more beneficial for that week off. They'll be fresh. Mm. They're not having to play four tough games of football over the month or over the final series. So uh, I think when we look back on the the end of grand final night in two weeks' time and go, OK, um, you know, the 3rd of October at about 9.30pm, the team that wins the grand final will probably be the team 
or one of the two teams that's that's had a week off and and had no injuries or no suspensions throughout that time as well. Mm. Um, and just before we talk about uh, the Noddy's, uh, your Kangaroos, the Gallagher's Kangaroos, Manly, um, a good turnaround. Uh, well, in fact, a record turnaround. I think 84 points or something like that in terms of a week one finals loss to a week two finals victory. It's the biggest uh, biggest turnaround ever uh, for a team in finals football. Do you think they can trouble South Sydney or am, am I sensing from you you think the Bunnies will go through? No, I think they can trouble them, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we saw, you know, a few weeks ago, we thought the Melbourne Storm were going to be upset by Manly. So, um, you know, they were blown off the park definitely by the Storm and, and their stars were kept quiet. But they, you know, everyone's entitled to have one bad performance. You probably just can't have two bad performances if you're going to win the grand final. So, um, I expect them to challenge Shouse. Yeah, definitely. You know, if, if Jake or the two Trevojevic's were potentially Manly's best players in DCE. And if they can, if those three can be stars again next weekend, well, they're a good chance or a great chance of, you know, causing an upset and beating South Sydney. So, you know, the key for South is they've had that week off. They're fresh. Um, you know, their left edge attack for South Sydney is the best in the competition. Um, you know, Manly will have to certainly defend the house down. Uh, the Melbourne Storm sort of showed how to pull apart Manly's edge defensively a few weeks ago. Um, so that's a bit vulnerable, and, and it depends on how much influence Tom Tom has in the game. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, oh, yeah, there's four sides left in the competition, and all four sides could win the grand final. Absolutely, you know? So, yeah. You know, it's it, it that was the game of the season. I thought last night. Well, the next the, the two we're going to get next week should go up another level, and then yeah. by grand final we'll, we'll be like, oh my god, how great's this game? Oh, and we got two great coaches too in that that Friday game, uh, Manly and Souths. Um, Wayne Bennett. Um, what's that? Seven premierships. His one. I was just looking through Desi too. So Desi coached Manly to their last grand final victory in 2011. He had Daly Cherry Evans and Kieran Foran as his halves. Well, he's, that's uh, history may be repeating itself. He's, I'm just trying to forget how many grand finals Desi has coached a team to. He took Canterbury to two, didn't he? Lost both of them. He's taken Manly 07 and 08, 108 and 011, 1011. So there's five. I think I don't think I've missed one. Five grand finals he's taken teams to as a coach. So he's a shrewd old character, Wayne Bennett. But what about the mad professor? I mean, oh, yeah. they're good coaches. They're, they're all yes. good coaches, aren't they? You know, they're all great coaches. I suppose the only one that hasn't won that premiership or can't be put on the same level uh, of, of of the Bennetts, the Bellamy's, and the Haslers is is, is Ivan Cleary because there's no mm. premiership next to his name, but has got to. I potentially think two grand finals he's coached in now uh, and, and not able to win them. But you're right. They're, they're both, you know, yeah. South and Manly. And, you know, all these four sides will be well-prepared, great coaches, know this time of year, well-experienced. Um, they're, they're probably... The other thing I think I noticed about all four sides that are still playing, they're probably the fittest teams in the competition as well. Mm. So they're happy to go with that arm wrestle and be mentally tough and be resilient and play for the full 80 minutes, which, which was what last night had to come down to. But which potentially will be what happens. But, yeah, I thought I thought the Roosters were extremely poor to start both halves against Manly. And once they got the 18-0, I think we sort of thought the game was over and, and away from, from the Roosters. So I don't know how great Manly played compared to how probably ineffective the Roosters were against Manly. Mm. All right. That 2011, that was Warriors, wasn't it, Manly? Yeah. So yes, was but, I, yes. Ivan coaching then? Yes. So Yes, we, yes was. Ivan was the coach yes. of the Warriors, yeah. So we could still see Desi up against Ivan. Yes, we Maybe. could. Um, I think, yeah. Did they play together? 
Ivan and Desi play together at Manly? Oh, gee, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's from a teammate. That's uh, too or... much. Yeah, oh, wow. That's <laughs> too much for me, not on a Sunday afternoon. Righto. Um, let's lock into this uh, Gallagher's Insurance Brokers Kangaroos. And for those uh, that don't listen to us on a Sunday, Noddy comes up with his 13 players. We generally have one or two coming, floating in, floating out, whether it be due to injury or suspension or just down to great form. So let's go through it, Noddy. Uh, at fullback, have you got Tommy or Teddy? No, I've got Teddy at fullback. I think, you know, he's been unbelievable for the whole year. And it was, again, the Roos, he was the Roosters' best player the other night. And the, the thing, we'll call him the game the other night. Uh, isn't it so lucky that we actually know that Tom can play centre? So you just pick, if we continually pick Tom at centre because of Tedesco's greatness at fullback, but if he hadn't played centre for State of Origin, we would, we'd be like, oh, we could, we literally would have to leave one of these players out of the team. Yeah, okay. No, I, which, I'm with you. Which would be not very good, would it? I'm with you. No, no. So in the centres then, uh, let's go to our wings in a moment. Let's go with the centres then. So Turbo's one centre. Who's your other centre? My other centre is still Matt Burton. Matt Retains Burton. his position from last week. Um, yeah, obviously with Penrith victory last night, I thought he was very, very good. Yeah. Um, very good no, in the air, wasn't he? Oh, he's a great catcher. He's a good. He's a quality player. He's, oh, he's going to be. A, he's a quality player and in a, in a in a quality football side. It's funny, isn't it? We rewind to the start of the season, and and Canterbury was saying, "Please, fellas, can we have Matt Burton now?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, and I don't right, think yeah. any of us really, really knew how good this this kid was. No, no, he he's improved like twenty percent on on how he played last year. So no, none of us, I think, saw this coming. Except for I suppose. Maybe Matt Burton himself and, and Penrith and his management group. Talking to Brett Kamali about um, Gallagher's Kangaroos. So we've got Teddy Tedesco fullback. We've got centres Turbo and Matt Burton. Uh, now our wingers, our wingers. Keep in mind that Josh Adokar is, well, he's out injured, but he will be back uh, this weekend. Next weekend. He's back ne- next weekend. Next I'm weekend, pretty sure yes. Craig wouldn't release him to come and play for us to stay on Tuesday night before the big grand final qualifier. No, you're right. So he can't make it. You know, now, Brian Toto is also expected to come back next weekend, but I don't think Ivan will release Toto. So we need a couple no, of wingers. Right, yeah. you got Gagai in We've there? Got, yeah, Gagai's on one wing from his performance last week. Um, and obviously, when he plays for Queensland, he puts that Maroons jersey on and is man of the series. So I, I'm, I'm asking you to assist me with the other winger. I can do that. I can do that. And Tex... I, ha- I, ha- I had a gentleman's name who played for Manly the other night half in my head. I'm not sure whether you would agree or not agree. Well, I, I think we might be on the same page here, but I've got a Tex, a Tex here from... His name is Tex on the Central Coast, friend of the show. He's saying, what about Garrick, Garrick for Gallagher's? And I'm sure that's what he means. Are you talking Ruben Garrick or are you talking Jason Saab? I was more thinking the speedster in Jason Saab. What yeah, about the bloke know, that I... scored 322 points this season? Yeah, he's been very good, hasn't he? Been very, very good, safe. Um, great great at that wing position. I, we Actually, mm. you met him at the start of the year out at Mudgee as well. So, a lovely gentleman. Really nice fella. Is so he? Yeah. We'll put him in. We'll put him, yeah. Yeah, he came and helped us out at the trivia night we're hosting out there. And he was a lovely person. You know, really you. interactive with the... People and nice to chat with. All right, let's throw him in. I mean, that's a reward for finishing at the top of the point scoring charts, isn't it? 322 points, Ruben Garrick, 20 plus tries, hello, and can't make the kangaroos? Come on, he's in. He's in, okay? Well, that, and that's because that's what happens, isn't it? We get to the grand final, and a lot of the, a lot of the players who make the grand final yeah. become 
test players a week after or two weeks after the grand final. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna get our, uh, ahead of the game, right? He goes in. That's yeah. I was listening to Rod Wishart on um, I think it was Drive Drive with Joel and Fletch, uh, maybe through the week or last week even, and I didn't realise. So Ruben is going out with Rod's. No, hang on. Oh, now now I've got me uh, me story stuffed up. I think <laughs> I think Rod's now Rod's young bloke. Well, Rod's, Rod's daughter, no, I think Rod's daughter is going out with, with Ruben. There you go. I think I'm right in saying that. So Rod's young okay. fella's up with Melbourne Storm now. Right, yeah. Yes, and uh, I think that's what he said. So his daughter is, I believe, seeing Ruben Gary. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track here. Um, let's keep going with the Gallagher's Kangaroos. In the halves, I'm assuming no changes there. Cameron Munster at six and Nathan Cleary seven. Very true, very true. They hold their positions. Okay. Now, up front, oh, okay, good, good, good. Regan Campbell-Gillard is in. Uh, gee, I thought Reg was strong last night, particularly second half, wasn't he? Uh, he was the best player for Penrith last, uh, straight for Parramatta last night. He was great last week after having, I think, about five weeks off with that groin injury to come back and be as physical and as dominant as he is for big minutes. So, Yes, he wasn't in the side last week, but he's played his way definitely into the into the Gallagher's Kangaroos to play. He could probably have a beer last night, but we'll ask him not too many today because we need him on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever we're playing. He's a bit old-fashioned, though, Reg. I reckon he could have a few and just back up, you know what I mean? The old-school yeah, yeah. type, yeah, bash and barge prop. Um, well, a six-pack, we'll have a six-pack today and yeah. we'll, we'll get him off yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah. Christian Welch is wearing number 10. Yes, yep. Don't think he could back yeah, up. He's Welsh, more of a I mean, he's in an old school sort of prop, is he? Welsh, he's more more, more of a clean skin. Yeah, and Damien Cook and Yeah, and I reckon Christian Welsh would be great. He'd do four days of preparation for his own performance. He just that would be part of his routine, I think. All right, very then. particular in yeah, Damien Cook done me half. Okay, and uh, we'll just rattle through it now because I'm getting a wind-up from the old producer yeah. over there. He's well, we've got bad, Isaiah, Isaiah Yeo at the lock. He was great last night. Yeah, um, brilliant, good in that he? position. Cam Murray in the back row, but I want you to pick another back rower for me. Oh, really? So, cause, oh, yeah, because I thought Angus Crichton wasn't at his best. No, he was, oh, there was ordinary. Yeah, Kafusi obviously, you know, he, 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 you know, he won last week for Melbourne, but I'm throwing it out there for you to pick me a back rower. I, I had Tino only on his performance last week. Mate, but I'm happy oh. for you to give me another back rower. Oh, you've got me on the spot here. Now, um, Ola Kawatu is not ready. Has he got an Aussie passport? Uh, Radley, uh, he'll probably get suspended again. Um, Do you want to put Kate? Will you put the... What the about Kafusi, Felice Kafusi? Yeah, I, I had Felice last week. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're happy to go Felice because he's on a premiership or on... Or Kate Well. From the Premiers. Kate Well. No, Let... we'll go Felice. Okay, all right. Because I think Kate Wells got a hand injury, hasn't he? He's carrying that hand with a little bit of doubt. So oh, I'd like to let him play three days, three games in a week. Oh, I don't know, mate, about his hand. You're the chief chief of selectors. You should be across all this sort of stuff. All right, well, that's oh, we good. We're going to camp and we'll do a medical, remember? We've got three days yes. of medical. <laughs> I look forward to the medical. And I'm a bit old school medical too, okay? Yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Old that's school right. medical. All old right. school medical and bonding session. Yeah. <laughs> a few skewies and a, um, some some uh, cold peas, frozen peas on that cork and we'll be fine. Yeah, all, yeah, right, all Nod, good. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, your Sunday afternoon. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Everybody. There he is, Brett Kamali, and that is for Gallagher Insurance Brokers, proud partner of the Gallagher Kangaroos. Visit ajg.com.au. Do it today.
Well, that's almost uh, it for me. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed your afternoon and continue enjoying your afternoon. Make the most of it wherever you are. Uh, take it easy. Obey the rules. Play by the rules and uh, be COVID friendly, etc. You know what to do. We'll be back uh, next Sunday. Before then, though, uh, the build-up continues, doesn't it, to uh, next weekend's prelim finals on Friday Manly taking on South Sydney on Saturday. Melbourne taking on Penrith Panthers. The winner of each going through to the grand final. Both of those prelim finals, you will be able to uh, listen live right here on SEN. Uh, I'll be back in the chair, well, tomorrow night. So not uh, too long away. Nine o'clock, we will start tomorrow night's Higher Ground program. Again, we'll be uh, asking you to get involved. I'll be back again on Wednesday from 10 till midnight. Then again on Thursday, 8 p.m., till 11 and uh, stick around because coming up next is Trackside. Uh, until then, take care, keep smiling. I'll talk to you tomorrow.